Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, questions and impressions. Whoa, I nearly messed that up from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. Joining me as always is June Williams. Hello. And Jeremy Bratitich. I'm here. Once again, we are on location. We haven't had to like go back into lockdown, which is very nice in Melbourne, considering how much we've had. And it's good considering it's the end of the year for our last podcast of 2020. Uh, has everyone had good Christmases? Yes. Chris my Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the plural of Christmas. Surely it would be like Christmas, as in M A double S. Like, yeah, but that's like that's like the like the etymology of it, though, isn't it? I, I guess that's what I'm keying into. Yeah. Now nah, that Chris Chris, my. Christmas yeah. and Christmas. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I did Santa come for everybody. Yeah. Yes. What did Santa give? I got a KitchenAid. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like a like a what's their like name? a stand mixer? Yeah, stand mixer. Great. Oh, not like a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a live-in chef. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Um, they just stand around and you're like, "Can you whip that cream for me?" <laughs> <laughs> Santa, what did Santa give you for Christmas? Indentured servitude. <laughs> Uh, oh, Santa's been around for a while, hasn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, June, I didn't tell you this. Mm. Sam was at an op shop a couple of days before Christmas <laughs> Fuck. and got me a game what? from an op what shop. What game? Guess what it was. Aragorn? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it all scratched up? Does nah, it work? It's great. <laughs> That's very it's got good. the manual. Very good. So good. Write to me how terrible that movie is and still how much I love that game. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, so now I've got that game twice. <laughs> I, I yelped a little when I saw that image when you sent it to me. Yeah. <laughs> was it all wrapped up? Did you have to unwrap it? Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> it was funny because I'd picked it up earlier and I felt the disc rattle in the case. Yeah. I was like, oh, now I know vaguely what it is. And Sam was like, oh, yeah. Sam was like, what do you think it is? I'm like, well, you got it from an op shop. So it's either an old DVD or a game. So I was like, yeah. But I didn't guess until I opened it. Oh, that's very good. So good, good present. Um. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about games we've been playing. Um, obviously, we've all been like seeing family and working lots and stuff like that. So we don't have a, a robust section of what we've been playing, but we're gonna make up for that on the second half of the show with a uh, game of the year segment because that's where we're at. It's that time of this year. It's the end of it, and we're gonna talk about all of the things that came before the end of it. Last pot of the year. Yeah. Is there a word for that? Pod last. <laughs> Is that like potluck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, ultimate, right? It's the the ultimate episode of the year. I guess, yeah, if you it's go by sec- that ultimate yeah. and then penultimate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you enjoy this episode of the podcast, if you want to hear about all of the impressions for our games that we've played this year, you can find all of the episodes we've recorded this year and in previous years on minimap.com.au. You can find our other podcasts there, like the Game Spoilers podcast. And now, officially, The Pecking Order, our third podcast about ranking the kissability of characters from pop culture highly recommend you go watch our episode zero and episode one on the hulk and ditto the pokemon <laughs> respectively uh june which would you say is your favorite out of those two there's something uh there's something about the hulk one that gets me yeah that i think even though it's pretty like not well it's a bit loose it's loose yeah but it's um i think it's funnier i agree i uh, that blastoise reference yeah. sends me every time <laughs> I will say that uh, that podcast has reached such levels of popularity that someone on Tinder spoke to me about it yesterday. 
spoke to Actually, you about about the Ditto episode. Really? Yes. Wait, what? Hang yes. on. What do you mean? It was Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 stacking the deck. That's stacking the odds in your favor. That's not someone on Tinder. <laughs> oh, someone who I've spoken to and known personally for the yes. last five years yes. spoke <laughs> to me on Twitter. <laughs> spoke to me on Tinder. Or I said Twinder. Um, that's a different app. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also. <laughs> You can also go to... I don't know what you two are laughing at, so I'm just going to power through, okay? All right? Great. <laughs> oh, is in, is in Twink? Is that that or that Twins? Was, that was my first oh, thought. Twins. And then I was oh. laughing at Twins. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm on the same page now. It's great. I did it. <laughs> you can also go to patreon.com slash you if you want to support the website or this podcast or the other podcasts if you don't want to support this one, but you only want to support the others. A uh, bit weird, but whatever. Uh, you can also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that... You know that <laughs> You know that Simpsons gag where they go to the beer factory and there's like the five different types of duff, but they all come from like the one yeah. cylinder? <laughs> if you want to support this podcast, but not this one, send us money on Patreon. But really, it's just one big... It's one big vat. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, and the music throughout this podcast is from Shook. We wanted to say thank you for letting us use the song, uh, which is the Moog Model D improv from their YouTube channel. Uh, you can listen to more music from Shook at shook.bandcamp.com. Um, hey, June. Yeah. Last week we recorded and then uh, you were driving me home and we were talking about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, I don't know if I should get it. And I was like, oh, I wish I got it on PS4 because I could give you my copy. Mm. Uh, you got it. You played it. I did. How is it? How did you find it? Um, Where are you? At? So you, you, you were saying before you're, you're only somewhat through the story doing a lot of side stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think I've fallen into your trap, as in, it's like I've been doing too much side stuff. I right. think, um, which is probably not should have probably not how I should have played the game because it's very it's too similar it's too similar to the first one, and I think that uh, all the side stuff is exactly like exactly the same as the first one. So it makes me just like not want to do it, but also like something in me just has to has to do it. I know exactly um, what you mean, and. I mean, there's there's the the stuff with the story about Uncle Aaron and uh, Miles's dad mm. through the collectibles, which is I've been enjoying that. Yeah. But besides that, it doesn't make me want to go out of my way to find um, the stuff to upgrade shit. So I don't know the, the story. It's like it's fine. It's like I think you someone was saying it's just more. Sp- it's like it's more Spider Man and like the first game I enjoyed a lot. So yeah. Like I don't hate it, but it's also like. Maybe I shouldn't have spent eighty dollars on it. I was hoping like I could finish it in a week and return it, but I think that's done past past my time now. But um, um, so like I'm enjoying it, but it, like I'm pretty unmotivated to. I, I don't. I can't. I don't feel the the pull to sit down on the couch and play it at the moment. Yeah. Um, because it is like the same, and like I I like Miles as a character, but I think he's quite. I don't know. I don't know. He's kind of boring. In a little bit, he's not as like witty and funny as as Peter, um, and not as good as Spider Verse Miles either. I don't think, but oh well, it's fine. I think it's alright. I'll finish it. I think that's fair. Mm. I am um, part of it for me with Miles is that I didn't realize that I wasn't enjoying his like characterization as much. Like like. Not like I think like you know when he finishes the and he like puts on the fake voice because he's so new I think like that that works and it's, and yeah. it's funny and it's and it's good, 
Um, but the you know the training missions that you do that with the Spider Man holograms, yeah, the AR stuff, and like obviously if you're like me, you try to get the the three thing, and then you hear all of you hear all of Pete's dialogue, mm. which carries you through the majority of those missions every time. And it's all really good. <laughs> and I always finish those missions and I'm like, like, this is written really well and acted really well. And I kind of want to hear and see more from Peter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's hard as well. I, like, just because, like, Spider-Verse is in everybody's minds when mm. playing this game. And it's, like, a perfect movie. Um, and then you just can't help but compare it. Yeah. Um, and you are... Like uh, th- there is very, you are very rarely going to be, uh, like let down by anything that's like. Uh, you can't compare it to Spider Verse. It's just too perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's so hard. It's so hard to do that. So you're you're not going to be not let down, unfortunately, just because it's going to be so hard to separate those two. Even though they don't do the Spider Verse story in the Miles game, mm. um, which I'm glad they don't, because then you wouldn't be able to not compare that entire game. Totally. Um. But yeah, like it's it, it's hard to compare a character. It's hard to not compare a characterization when they're so close together, um, and just just similar enough. And then you can put on the Spider Verse suit, yeah. which I didn't take off. Um, apart from the very last mission, mm. um, I put back on his his full on suit, which I love his full on suit. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, it's mm. a, it's a it's a great suit. But I just love Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I wasn't drawing that comparison that often because i have only seen that movie once um which is a shame in some ways but i think in terms of enjoying this game it made it a bit easier (laughs) um for me um i will say there's one moment in the game uh which really got me which is and we've all played past that bit which is after the the like the e3 demo they showed where the where the bridge explodes Mm. after the rally and um and they get home and they're there the next morning and um, Miles and Rio have that conversation where they were both so worried for each other. Yeah. And they're both keying into that fear that they had that's born of the disaster that happened in the first game with with uh, Miles' dad. I was like, oh, fuck, this is like r- real. Like that one that one hit me like a truck. Um, yeah, there's, it's got excellent moments. So, yeah, I think, yeah. It, it's more Spider-Man, and I think yeah. because we we know exactly what that Spider-Man is so well, like 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 we all played so much of that game, um, that because it's an it is that much the same and not that much more different, um, it is just that sort of l- little bit lesser. Yeah, and like the the maps exactly the same. It just has like snow over it. They haven't yeah. really changed anything. There's nothing really new to explore in the city, and they um, removed the Empire State Building. Did not notice that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. They removed okay. it because, like, they licensing. Yeah, licensing. They couldn't afford the Empire State Building, or like they didn't like they didn't give permission or something like that. Yeah, it's That's weird. So weird. It's really weird. Um, and I was gonna say something else. Sorry. The combat I don't think is uh, different enough to make it interesting. Like, I like the um electricity stuff, but and the camouflage is fine, I guess. Like the stealth in that game is already pretty easy. Yeah, I don't think they needed to. I mean, I know that's Miles's power, but I, like honestly, camouflage just makes it too easy. I just forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, many, yeah. so much of the time, I forgot about the camo. I, I never use the stealth in that game. I don't yeah. like doing the stealth in that game. Really? Oh, I love the stealth. It's but satisfying. I, never use the camo. It, I feel like it, it makes it easier. Like I, I'd find it easier than like beating people up. But um, it's just like with the camouflage as well. It's like this is just it's too it's too easy. Yeah. I feel like I'm not playing at all now. Um, 
Anyway, I'll finish it. I, um, I, I have fun when I play it. I just mm. don't find the motivation to sit down and play it. Totally. Yeah, I was looking at the PlayStation yesterday. I was like, fuck, what do I want to play? And I was like, I could play Miles. Because I remember the last time I played it, I played for a few hours and I really enjoyed it. But it's the kind of thing when I'm looking at it, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. yeah. I've played that before. And then when I play Why it, not? I get there and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I do the challenges and I grind for them. I get the, they get the gold star or the ultimate or whatever it is. And I and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, yeah. it doesn't call to me. Feel ya. Hmm. Jeremy. Yes. What you got? I got two and a half games. Did I ever tell you about the time the half man from Two and a Half Men replied to me on Twitter? <laughs> I think I've heard you say that exact sentence before. Yeah, <laughs> what Angus, did you say? The half man. <laughs> I don't know. The, the kid from Two and a Half Men replied to me on Twitter once. What did he say? I don't remember. Did you at him? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Why? Is that your claim to fame? No, my claim to fame was when I added Danny DeVito and he replied to me. <laughs> Um, oh, your claim to fame is your fucking Egg Boy video. No, no, it's when MC Hammer followed me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Keep him coming. Uh, what have you got, Jeremy Green? <laughs> 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 you motherfucker. Speaking of 2020. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Um, so I've been playing VR for two reasons. One, because we're doing Game of the Year. And my housemate has been hassling me to finish Half-Life Alex because he's a big Half-Life nerd. Um, and he finished the game and I never finished it because a bunch of other games came out and then 2020 happened. And I was like, I'm just like, set. It, it is a bit of an effort to set up VR. Yes. Um, even also, you were turned off your Oculus for a while with the whole like login and Facebook integration th- th- stuff. That, that was a few months after. I'd, I, had already, I had already stopped playing Alex by that time. Yes, that's true. Um, that was around the time I was playing Tabletop Simulator. Ah, that's right. Um, but the uh, setting up, so, so setting up the Oculus Quest is incredibly easy. You literally put the helmet on, and it says, "Sure, now just draw where you want to be able to play." You you touch the controller to the ground, so it knows how far away the ground is from the helmet, and then you point at the ground and you draw a grid, and that is your play area. And then you are good to go. Mm. It takes maybe thirty seconds. Mm. It's fantastic. The uh, using the Quest. Uh, tethered to a PC is a little bit more involved. Um, there are two ways you can do it. You can use it through a, 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 a high-speed uh, USB-C cable, or you can do it through other various apps on the Oculus Store. One of them, the one that I use, is called Virtual Desktop because you can do it wirelessly. That takes up a, a, a fair chunk of bandwidth because you need a low-latency connection in between your computer mm. and your um, headset. So you need a really uh, a very low bandwidth wi-fi connection between the two devices but um once it works it's great but occasionally it will fail and then you'll have to like sort of like retether it and then you might lose connection to the game and you have to like restart the apps once or twice for it to work that was one of the biggest reasons i stopped playing alex i think just because there was like there was a every time i thought about playing half-life alex i knew that i had to spend maybe 10 minutes troubleshooting Mm. before i can actually play the game I went back recently because I wanted to finish it before the game of the year, which I didn't finish it, but I got, I got a fair chunk of way through the game. Um, it's a very long game. Um, they have since updated Virtual Desktop, and now it works flawlessly. Oh, wow. <laughs> now I can just click the button, load into Virtual Desktop, click on my computer, I load into my computer, I click Half-Life Alex, I'm in the game. Great. It is 
like no hassle whatsoever. It is fan fucking tastic. Um, there were so there was that, and there was also Flight Sim. I've been playing both of these games in VR. Uh, I'll talk about Half Life Alex later on in Game of the Year, but Flight Sim in VR is kind of fucking nuts. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Flight Sim is a really intensive game for any computer to run. Yeah. I can't run it on high outside of VR. I certainly can't run it on high inside of VR. Um, but as as if anyone has been following anything about Flight Sim, you can have the entire world and fly all around the globe in real time. Um, in VR, that kind of is like incredible because I can look at, I can, so okay so what I did is I, I loaded up the game and it took me a fair chunk it took once again I had to troubleshoot for about 10 minutes before I wanted to play a VR game mm. um, mostly because this is actually Flight Sim's fault where they, they don't like they don't map a bunch of the VR buttons to anything oh um, it doesn't it doesn't support VR controllers first of all um, which is fine because that would be like a lot of work but a lot of the like when I when I went into VR mode it said okay cool now press the VR center button and uh, like to finish your VR setup and I was like well, what the fuck is the VR center button <laughs> like as in to center my head in the VR space um that button wasn't like wasn't attached to anything and so I'm pressing every button on my keyboard and then like I realize my controller is connected so I plug press a button on the controller I'm like this isn't working Let's, so I alt F4 and I go online it's like everyone's like oh yeah you got to set the buttons before you connect to your VR helmet I'm like fucking why all right so I did that still didn't work restarted the restarted the game did it again still didn't work restarted the game and then it worked like after I didn't do anything different great um like it, it the VR might have come in just a little bit hot <laughs> um but once you get into a plane in VR and look outside and see you know, for the entirety of New York City, for instance, <laughs> um, in its true size, that is kind of nuts. Um, it also makes me a much better pilot. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, like, like really, like, so weirdly enough, flying between the skyscrapers of New York does that to you, does it? I went under so many bridges, <laughs> and it was sick every fucking time. <laughs> and I was literally like, oh, and I'm like, I, like I felt like I was in stay uh, on target. Literally, I was doing a fucking <laughs> trench run, and I'm like, I really hope my top fin doesn't hit it. And I like dipped at the last second to go under, and I went back up again, and I was like, fuck yeah, it was <laughs> sick. Um. Uh, similarly, uh, a lot of people who play um, uh, racing games, mm. um, like a lot of like professionals who play racing games, the moment they put on a VR helmet, they are like cutting like seconds off their time. Mm. Some something about it, like it's just like the you're just more like y- your immersion plus your reaction time. You can gauge things much better in VR. Yeah. I don't know how. Don't understand it. Mm. Someone smarter than me has probably done a paper on it. Um, it is it is wild. It is absolutely insane. It runs like dog shit on my computer. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I am running at 30 frames per second on almost the lower settings in VR. Oh, no. Um, I, I, I can do VR at 30. Oh, my goodness. Um, People say that's like one of the factors for like nausea in VR. Yes. Yeah. Like frame rate. Going yep. below 90 frames per second. It's... You you can do VR sixty and it'll be okay. 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 Um. Some some people uh some people might get sick of it, but also some people just get sick in VR naturally. Um, I have made VR games before, so I know what low frame rate VR is. So that I might have developed my VR stomach <laughs> a little bit earlier on. Oh dear. Um. But like, still like running it at thirty, 
Um, but like it, it fluctuates. Like it'll go back up to sixty depending on where I'm at and how uh, intensive the geometry is or what it's loading in. Mm. Um, once it's stabilized at around fifty frames per second, I was flying around the city and I was like, "Fuck, that looks incredible." Mm. Um, it, it is like a mind blowing experience when we're done recording. I might set it up so you two can give it a go. Oh, okay, um, that'd be cool. I mean, it, if you want to, that's fine. It's it's <laughs> fucking rad. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Flight Sim is just like a... I'm so glad this exists as a thing that people can just play with Game Pass. Mm. Um, not that there's no overhead, um, but like it's a, it is a incredible piece of software. Mm. I haven't even bothered because I'm pretty sure my computer won't be able to hack it. Your computer's better than mine, though. If I can you've got it. You've got a newer ju- graphics card than I do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Don't you have a 1080? No, I've got a 980. Oh. Uh. Yeah. There it is. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. It. You could probably. It'll, it'll be fine. You but could still run it. It just wouldn't look that great. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I wasn't saying. And for a 120 gig download or whatever it is, or I think more like 200. Uh, yeah, it was, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal game. Um. The other game I've been playing is Call of the Sea. I have the, not. You the big me? Xbox Studios exclusive of of the launch period of the year. Is it actually? Yeah, it's a, it's Microsoft exclusive. Ah. Uh, developed by Out of the Blue Games. This is replacing Halo Infinite. <laughs> oh, okay. Didn't have to say that. <laughs> um, I think Out of the Blue Games might have only made Call of the Sea. It's probably one of those studios made up of other like veterans from EA. Yeah, I guess. Activision and they're Spanish. Cool. Spactivision. <laughs> Spactivision. That sounds mean. It sounds foul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um So Call of the Sea is a You right there, buddy? <laughs> uh, You're gonna cut that out in you. What? No, it's funny. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Call of the Sea is a like is a five or six hour puzzle adventure game, um, and it's fucking gorgeous. It is a truly fucking beautiful game. It looks like so you know how Sea of Thieves has got those moments of brilliance. They've got those like moments of accidental brilliance, basically, where they have like they've got their really strong art direction, but. Like a lot of what you're seeing that's stunning is like the nice guy reflecting off the water and he happened to be in an area near a beautiful island. Imagine all of that, but it was all directed. Um, and it looks like it looks better in terms of they have the opportunity to look at everything and, and really fine tune every part of this world. Um, it looks like that. It looks like what if Sea of Thieves was like uh, directed. Mm. Um, it, it, is a, it is a game you play as a woman whose name I forget. Um, but she's got uh, black spots on her hand, and she's got an illness. She's she's very unwell. The plague. Uh, oh, it's the I, call of the sea. I won't. I won't. I won't spoil what it is. It's the call of the sea. Scurvy. It's the name of the game. Um, but what she's doing is she's trying to find her husband, who has gone out to try and find a cure for her to, for her condition. Um, and you're picking up like the trail of that he left off. There's like pieces of paper and like little audio recordings here and there. Um, but I'll, like, uh, there's there's also there's some supernatural elements happening in this world as well, like Cthulian 
elements or yeah uh, spoilers yes okay <laughs> um not really spoilers you find that out very early on um uh, like the black spots it's, it, it's all very lovecraft um but really great like they, 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 they pick up on a lot of lovecraft stuff that isn't done as often such as like the the race of fish people um that exists in that universe are they sexy no Damn. no they're really not Damn. um <laughs> and uh, like quite <laughs> a lot of the puzzles are really good um, they're, they're puzzles. They're my favorite type of puzzle where I bash my head against it until I figure it out. And I go, oh, of course mm-hmm. I have had like they, everything, they do a great job at giving you everything you need to know to solve the puzzle. A lot of the time it's like a lot of the time you're like, I don't understand this puzzle. And it's actually just cause you're missing something. Mm-hmm. You got to go find the other part of the clue and then it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good puzzle design, really great world design. Really, like, really good story, honestly, for, like, uh, for a self-monologuing character who's the only character in the game. Um, it's really, really well told, really well directed, um, and really well paced. It's kind of like, it's just a really great game. It's just a really phenomenal game. Um, it's on Game Pass. It's on Xbox and PC. Um, absolutely, if any of that interests anybody just check it out for a little bit you might get sucked in like i did and you'll finish it in two days mm. um perfect length honestly five to six hours it's like like that's two sittings yep that's that's great um yeah it's just a really really good video game um i cannot recommend it enough wow great cool, cool. it's kind of sneaking under the radar it really did like i i was i i remember i finished it and i went on twitter and um, someone over at Player Two just tweeted at like, "Oh, like I just finished this game. How good was it?" And I like replied to them immediately, "Like I just finished this game as well. This game was great, wasn't it?" And they were like, "Yeah, what a great way to like do a week. Like, what a great way to spend a weekend." I was like, "Yes, wow, <laughs> it was so good. That's it's fun. such a good game. That's really cute. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I uh, I might give it a go. It is on Game Pass. It is on Game Pass. Um, on PC as well, I think. Yes, great. Let's. I should do that. Carry." So, as Jeremy was talking, somehow he reminded me that I totally bought another game a couple of weeks ago that I forgot to put on my list, so I just wrote it down. You, bought, to it in a minute. you bought that? Sure did, but I didn't buy it at work because it was twice as much as it was on the PlayStation Store. I want to get that game. Don't get it at work. Tell me, what, it, what is it? Tell me. Tell me. Well, we'll talk about this one now. Okay, so I bought The Pathless. Never heard of it. So, it's the game made by Squid something. That's their name. The the developers who made Absu. Ah, oh, okay. Giant Squid. Giant Squid. Nice. Going with the sea theme. Yes, the except the Pathless is not <laughs> on, the, on the sea. So the Pathless was part of that uh, June uh, uh, PS5 showcase where they showed off Miles and that mm-hmm. that scene we we're talking about before. Um, it's that one where you're you're shooting your bow at talismans that are floating in the air and then the person yeah. like, runs way faster. I do remember that. And, and it's just kind of like shooting it, shooting it, shooting it. Um, I bought it after listening to Waypoint, which I don't do very frequently, but I did because they were talking about Cyberpunk a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then they spoke about the Pathless and how it was uh, like a like that. They were talking about their impressions, and it was enough that I, I and then I saw it at work, and I was like, oh, I might buy that. And then I saw it on the PlayStation Store for way cheaper, so I just bought it, which was something I don't normally do, but I just did, and then I had it, so I played it. Um, I only played about an hour or two, and I think I'm I'm in the middle of a bit of an open world fatigue at the moment. Now that I say this, you know, looking at my game of the year list, I'm looking at these games, and I'm like, oh, I enjoyed this. Kind of full stop. Like I'm sitting there and just going like, oh yeah, 
Mm. And like, and I'm looking at all of my games on my PlayStation. I'm just like, uh, I, uh. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I can't pick one. And I'm not drawn to anything right now at the moment. I think I've been working too much. That tends to happen when I'm a bit imbalanced in other areas of my life. Point being, I haven't gone back to the path since I played the first couple of hours. But um, that game has a tremendous art style. It's all very. It, it's it's based almost entirely on this bl- this very deep dark blue, juxtaposed against this uh, crimson red, like switch red, uh, art style. Um, like all the grass is this blue color, and all the all of the. Um, all the architecture is just like gray stonework and then the talismans are kind of glowing red and your character is red and then all of the enemies that you face are glowing red like the bosses like the boss creatures that you're trying to free um it's interesting i think the opening is a bit slow uh they they kind of go into this lore and you're listening to a language that isn't a real language with subtitles and this is it was a big like mother bird that's very big and glowing and you save it and then you don't save it and then it turns into a baby falcon and that falcon it then becomes part of the puzzles that you use it like carries things around for you and helps you fly further and faster something that's cool with the falcon is um after you get like the the boss fights the falcon gets like taken away and is like covered in this like darkness except the darkness is like redness but you know let's we'll just say darkness um and then when you get to it, it's like the end of that boss encounter. And you have to clean all of the like darkness contamination off it. So there's this mechanic where it like it sits on your arm and spreads its wings. And then you control the other hand of your character and you like clean the bird and it's like it's like as you as you're like as you're like brushing good? brushing its feathers off. And then it and then you could just do it at other times. Mm-hmm. You could just pat pat the bird, you pat its neck and it's like It's really nice. As as someone who is very fond of birds. It's a very good time. Uh, the puzzles, that's what made me think about it, is you're talking about how the puzzles in Call of the Call of the Sea, you have to bash your head against it a bit. I like, no, I mean as in like if I'm stuck, like as in that's how if, I do puzzles. You, you, like you, you don't brute force these puzzles in, no, no, in no. Call of the Sea. That's just how I do puzzles. Were they very difficult though? They, they, they weren't like, they weren't raid puzzles. No, but were they thinking puzzles? Yeah. Okay. They were intelligent puzzles. Okay. I feel like the puzzles in The Pathless so far in the first couple of hours have been quite simple. Or it's just kind of like this, they're, this, they're, I need to do this. Oh, that right? doesn't work. Oh, I just need to move this over here. Oh, it worked. Done. Next. Yeah. Oh, I need to do this. Okay. This is a bit of a weird area. I'm not sure what's going on over here. Oh, I'll go over there. Oh, that makes sense. That means I can use this weight to open that switch to open this weight to put the switch on there and then move the other switch over there as well. Then I've got the token and then I've got the thing. Like... Like it, it's a very, almost like Frog Detective, you know, how there's only like one solution for that problem, which unlocks the next solution for the next problem, mm. rather than giving you like a bunch of outcomes that you have to figure out how to use the right way. It's more like find the path. So far, I imagine it will get more complex as I go. I hope it does. If it doesn't, I probably, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll be pretty bored, honestly. Um, but the running feels great. The running feels great. You, you, you're zooming and you're really slow when you're not using the, the boost that you get from those talismans and you don't have to aim at them at all you just like it just like there's like a target that goes on it when you get close enough and then you just pull right trigger and you let it go and then it just goes and then it goes yeah, yeah. it's got a good kinetic fluid momentum mm. 
like th- that, that's one of the games that like next year I, like really early on I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up yeah um, I think because uh, there's a there is a real law um, where if someone compares a game to Shadow of the Colossus I have to buy it it <laughs> it gives me Shadow of the Colossus vibes honestly yep. honestly because the world's quite sparse yep it's very natural and then there are gigantic monsters that you face but you don't you don't climb on them and stab their like their you know their bald spots you just uh, Yep. Avoid them. The beginning of the game is quite slow and it's got a voice in another language telling you all the law. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I played this game. I like this game. I'll play it again. I think you should play that game. It's also got um, music from Austin Wintory. It's, the soundtrack is amazing. Yep. It's really good. Really, really, really good. Um, the other thing we've been playing is finally the Spelunky 2 multiplayer update is live. So obviously that game came out in September came out with multiplayer live on PlayStation, but it was pretty universally uh, regarded as too buggy, too latent. Uh, a Not ready. Yeah, yeah, an underbaked experience, one that lessened the experience to do it through multiplayer. And they knew they could get it there, so they're like, all right, we're not going to release multiplayer available on Steam yet. Uh, here's the main game. We'll get back to you. Anyway, they released multiplayer. And it's, so, oh, it's outrageously good fun. Mm. It's so good. So we we had done a little bit of uh, remote play together. So the the Steam, you know, where the people like stream your view and they do like a local multiplayer on your screen as if yeah. they are with, there with you. But the problem with that is that you can't all be uh, in different locations on the same map because you have to follow the one screen. Uh, this, obviously, everyone gets their own screen so they can kind of go everywhere. And that means that you're kind of walking around and you hear... Poof, <laughs> And you feel the vibration in the controller and you're like, what was that? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> and then and you're walking around and this thing happens where, so you all start with four health. You start with a few less bombs and ropes than normal. Um, but when you die, your character becomes a ghost. Mm. And it becomes a ghost that's locked to another player character that's alive's camera. Which means that if they're fucked off somewhere else on the map and they die in a spike trap, all of a sudden their ghost just appears on screen <laughs> and as the ghost you could do a couple of things you can like do this spin move where your where your ghost just like, spins on the spot and farts at the same time <laughs> there's another one where the where you press it and your character your ghost just like rattles and like shakes like a like a skeleton just do, goes, either like, those things do anything no they're just they're just there for you to yeah. mess around yeah there's like a dash forward button and then there's a there's like a, a breath button you can like blow on like spider stock them off the walls or blow gold down from a ledge or if you hold it, you like shoot an ice beam, so you can like freeze bosses for enemies for for your friends to jump on and stuff. That's cool. Um, but yeah, like we're just walking around, we're just hanging out, and we're just in, in classic Spelunky fashion. Deaths come quick; they come unexpectedly, and it just happens. It's just a fucking calamity. And you're walking around, and then it's the classic thing of just like <laughs> classic thing is, I'll die, and Ollie will be talking about something, or like Jeremy will be, and I'll just like float over. And I'll be like, what happened to you? And I'll be like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so many dumb fucking deaths. So many. And you can, because it's multiple, you can pick up your friends as well and throw your friends. Um, and you can you can whip your friends, which doesn't do any damage, thank God. But you like, you like stun them for like mm-hmm. half a second, which means you can pick them up. But if you, 
in the Splunky way, if you throw a rock at someone like an enemy, it'll do damage to them. You throw a rock at your friend, it'll do damage to them as well. Yeah. But there's always these cascading events that keep happening, and it's like that's like, but that's just Splunky. But because there's four players, it's just like cranked all the way fucking <laughs> yeah. up. Yep, and it's a little lenient, but because like someone dies, they becomes a ghost. As soon as you get into the next level, there's a coffin. They can respawn. They just yeah. don't have any resources. Um. But it's a, it's a thing like if I'm holding a boomerang and I get to the edge, I always forget that when you walk to an edge to a point where your character starts like wobbling, whatever you're holding, you'll drop within about a second. And normally, I, this, there was like three times I was playing with Ollie yesterday. It was three times I did that and Ollie was underneath me and I dropped like a, my boomerang on my stone, knocked him out and he fell into an enemy and like lost three health or something. He's like, oh, why'd you do that? I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking last night when you accidentally hurt Ollie a bunch. Yeah. And then you stood still and you just <laughs> fired an arrow at him point blank. I think it's your brain snapped for like no, half a- No, it's because I had a boomerang and I accidentally dropped- I, I think it was a similar thing. I dropped something on him and then I was like to the left of to the left of him facing him. And there was a pot to my left that I wanted to break with my boomerang. And so I touched left on the stick and fired my boomerang immediately. Except I didn't touch left hard enough, so I didn't turn around. So I just <laughs> threw the boomerang at Ollie again. <laughs> <laughs> have you like, been um uh, have you been streaming it or no i haven't been streaming it um i want to that that would be, be fun a, to watch for yeah. such oh a good time. Like to watch it, it yeah it's so good we haven't done four player yet uh, we haven't done that's gonna be You've a got fucking... four people though right Byron yep, just like, no, no. we haven't lined up yet yeah um, yeah it's always let been me know three. when you do because i want to watch yeah no I, i'll, so I'll good. We'll, we'll uh we'll ping you in the discord mm, please um there are just so many and like because all of the all of the it's not unexpected because Spelunky tells you everything what's going to happen there is nothing that is mm. random in Spelunky 99 yep. of the time yeah um aside from like what's inside of a crate or whatever um but like Every now and again, you'll have those moments where you don't think that extra step ahead. Yeah. And then it'll be like, oh, of course that was going to happen. But, oh, time to go in right now. <laughs> um, but a lot of the time you're with someone else. Cause, so, so last night I was watching Ollie and Carrie play. I wasn't playing because I was too tired. But I was just watching. And Ollie wanted to throw up. So the, there's a shopkeeper. If you anger the shopkeeper, he gets mad and has a shotgun and does a lot of damage. Like shopkeepers are very dangerous. Mm. But if you kill the shopkeeper, there'll be a shopkeeper at the end of every level for the next three or so levels until they get mad. If you keep killing them, they'll stay mad. So what? there was a shopkeeper at the end of the level. Ollie wanted to throw a bomb down onto the shopkeeper to blow up the shopkeeper because that's a really good way of disposing yeah. of him. But Ollie, had, Ollie destroyed a spider earlier on in that level, which means you got a thing called paste. Paste means your bombs stick to things when you throw them. <laughs> so Ollie got really close to the edge and went to throw a bomb off, but it didn't go anywhere. It just yeah. stood where he was. It's and he went, it like plinking down. It just, he dropped it at his feet. And all I see is Gary and Ollie run in front of a bomb and they both go, oh, time to go. And run backwards. The bomb explodes. And then they can't see where the shopkeeper is because it destroyed whatever ledge they were yeah. on. Oh my god! Just yeah. so many dumb. Like I, 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 I don't think I laugh as consistently in any other game as I do in Spelunky Two. Yeah, fuck, it's so good. It's so good. It's outstanding to the point where I only really enjoy playing that game with friends because the fuck ups are funny when you're with someone else mm. and not just incredibly frustrating. And they're, they're <laughs> so frequent too. Like no one gets like you can't get mad in a game like Spelunky Two because the respawn is immediate. Yeah, and. Everybody makes all those mistakes all the time. Yeah. That is just like, oh fuck, whoops! Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like, "What did you do that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And it's like, okay. <laughs> like yesterday, we got to the we got to the mid boss, um, Olmec, which is this big golden, <laughs> <laughs> this big golden totem. It's like it's a head. It's like four people high, right? Mm-hmm. And what it does is it doesn't. It just floats around. You get close to it, 
and it moves as close to you as it can and just tries to squish you. It just goes across the level. And when you get under it, and it's tall enough, when you get under it, it hovers for a second and then goes straight down. Mm. And when it does that, it like eats through a little bit of the floor. Yeah. And you could the way you get through that boss is you eat through enough of the floor to get to the like the next level. Mm. And then you, there's a door to the next mm. level after that. Um, and I had never done that successfully before. Ollie was dead and it was up to me and I did it. <laughs> and so we, we, were, we were messing around and then Ollie... Olmec then like gets hover boosters and no, no one knew what that did yet. And so we were just messing around. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go. I've never done this successfully. And then Ollie was like, he did his ice breath as the ghost and it broke one of his boosters. Mm. And Ollie was like, did I just break? And I was like, did you? And then we looked and one of his boosters was broken. Nice. And Ollie was like, uh, and I'm like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, we kept fucking with Olmec and we got down to the next level. Nice. Turns out you can go down another lane and then he, and then he starts spawning UFOs. And I... <laughs> And we were just messing around. It was like, well, what do you want to do? It was like, oh, we can go down here. And he was like, oh, throwing bombs, throwing gems. And I just got squashed. Yeah. <laughs> you just I was doing ate it. so well. And I just, there was just one time where I fucked up and I just squandered that whole <laughs> run. It was over in an instant. Oh, well. You know what to do next time. Yeah. <laughs> you can be able to pull it off. It took us an hour and a half to get there. Oh, my God. That's not one run. That's an hour and a half of like maybe two dozen. Yeah. Maybe like, yeah, 20, 20 tries, 30 yeah. tries. It's such a good time. It's so it's it's so outrageous. Um, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it works as well. Oh, as it does. I'm so glad it works as well as it does. Uh, that's it for what we've been playing. Uh, let's hit the question corner so we can get to the game of the year discussion and uh, potentially a cyberpunk roundup if we have time. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Because uh, June yeah. June doesn't know the calamitous yes. uh, uh, timeline of events, so we'll see if we have time for that. Yeah, I've got thoughts on that game. But June, what's the what's the question for this week? Um, let me see if I can word this properly. Uh, have you ever bought a new a new console for a game? And if mm. you have multiple, what is your favorite? Mm. 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 Love it. Cool. I don't know if I have an answer. No, I've got, I've got one answer. At least. Great. Well, we'll have a think. And uh, after we've had a think, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimapcast. Uh, it's been a very long break on our end. I don't know about you, but here we are to discuss the question for the week. I didn't give it away like I have been the last couple of weeks. I'm on my game today. You know where I say the question in the thing and then I ask you what the question is and you're like, you already said what the question is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you told me to vamp, but I just started sorry. giggling. <laughs> um, sorry, I was getting uh, the wording again. Thank hey, you. Dude, what's the question um, for me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you bought a new console for a game? If you have what, if you have multiple, what is your favorite mm. console? This is tricky because, like, earlier consoles I got, I didn't buy, or yeah. I like didn't get a choice, or they weren't like at launch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, what are, what are all your answers? Um, I'll go first because I've had my answer since last time. Yep. The Wii U. <laughs> Four? Nintendo Breath of Land. the Wild. <laughs> Breath of the Wild? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I bought my Switch for. There's so many layers to that. <laughs> no. So. When, oh. Sorry, when did you, did you buy it when Breath of the Wild came out? 
No. Okay, no. right. I okay. bought it like a year before. Gotcha. Um, so when they announced Breath of the Wild, it was... They announced it in they 2013. Announced it, yeah, they announced it for the Wii U and I think I bought the Wii U, I don't know, a couple of weeks later. Um, and I don't know why I did that because like I don't like Zelda. <laughs> I just like I don't, don't enjoy, like Breath of the Wild. I don't enjoy Zelda games and I didn't end up playing it on Wii U anywhere. I yeah. got it on the Switch yeah. when the like Switch it. came out and I didn't even like it. So, but that being said, this the Wii U is like one of my favorite consoles. I think it's a great console and I had a lot of fun with uh, multiplayer on that console anyway. So, wow. right. um, on a Nintendo play- Oh, you wait, hang on. You had a lot of fun with multiplayer on that. On the Wii U, yeah. Local? Yeah. Okay. Okay, it's, it's that makes a, more it's such sense. A good, okay. I think it's probably the the best before the Switch. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say before, before the, the Switch. Switch yeah. It it is the best party console. I think that's fair. The the, the gameplay like like fucking revolutionized everything. Like it was like so good and like um Game and Game and WarioWare. WarioWare? Yeah. Yep. Fucking love it. So good. Yeah. Um even Nintendo Land is such a good yeah. game. I went to Ollie's to play Nintendo Land. I think I played it at his house like five times. It's so and this was, good. It was always after the Switch had come out. Yeah. was when yeah. we started doing it. It's yeah. great. The yeah. the ghost one, the Luigi's Mansion. Yes. It's mm. so good. Yeah. So my housemates and I, we all got really drunk about four months ago. Yeah. And we just played a bunch of Wii U party games. It's, it's amazing. Like the, it was great. They're so good. And the, the Toad. I was about to say uh, the Toad the one. The Animal Crossing one. Yeah. Um, fucking great. Anyway. I don't regret that purchase. Wow. So. Well, good. Even mm. though you didn't get Breath of the Wild on that system and yeah. don't enjoy Breath of the Wild on other yes, systems. indeed. We, we Amazing. Were, we were mm. playing the, the ghost one and the person who was the ghost hunter um, was my housemate, Bleens, and he was the least sober of all of us. And he doesn't really like... He doesn't really care for the Wii U that much and doesn't definitely doesn't care <laughs> for party games. And he was the ghost hunter. And he trounced us. He just absolutely fucking demolished us immediately <laughs> while he was laughing, going, this game is nonsense. <laughs> and I just remember looking at him and his like pissed eyes were just like, <laughs> it were in tears. He couldn't stop crying <laughs> while he was playing this fucking game. It was so funny. That's cool. The... um. Did you do you guys play? Did you play WarioWare enough to remember it? Not on Wii U. I, I didn't play the other version. You didn't play it. Yeah, I know the there's, other ones though. There's this the game where you've got to launch little dudes yep. into uh, the ocean. Oh, if you got to like flick them off yeah, the touch screen, and it gets points and stuff, right? right. It's kind of like, like paper toss. I guess, yeah, maybe I don't know. And like the way you throw them indicates points, and like the the environment changes, so it. it it affects like the point scores and stuff. Anyway, I like distinctly remember like the sound of like them the, the pulled back noise. It's like hoo hoo. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> that specifically gets stuck in my head sometimes. Anyway, we use good console. Great. Was that you the only console you bought for a game? Um, I think so. I I mean, like you were saying, I think Mum probably bought Pokemon the uh, Game Boy yeah. Pokemon or something like that, yeah. but I don't remember. So cool. Yes. Wait, do you want to go next or shall I go next? I- uh, yeah, I've got I've got two. Um, you have to pick a favorite. You do. It was in the question. Oh, I don't really like either of these. Um, <laughs> you got to pick a favorite. <laughs> I'll talk about them very very briefly. Um, uh, I bought a PSP secondhand from Cashcoverter from Cashcoverters for eighty dollars, so I could hack it and run uh, Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep on it, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Never played a single other game on PSP. <laughs> so um, you have a Vita. No, no, PSP. PSP, sorry. Yes, yes PSP. 
I have a Vader as well. I love my Vader. But Actually, now that I think about it, I think I bought the Vader for Danganronpa. Right, yeah. Go on. Um, yeah, like the PSP was the, like, the, my one. Why? Buzz. Buzzing fly. I'll, I'll, I'll be a true rogue and I'll get my thong. <laughs> um, uh, that and I bought the... Uh, this one's really sad. <laughs> I bought the Xbox One original for Halo, the Master Chief Collection on launch. That was a bad console oh. with a worse launch. Mm. Um, oh, no. I don't know if you were following it back then, June, but when that game launched, it didn't fucking work. The multiplayer, the multiplayer simply didn't work. Mm. Um, they they worked on that game for years after launch before it's finally in a place now where it works. The frame rate was terrible. It didn't match make. Like the matchmaking just like didn't work. The online connectivity was terrible. So everyone was like, "Oh, finally, a modern way to play Halo One with a with a thriving community." Oh, and Halo Two, you know, it'll be like the good old days. It just <laughs> With, with Halo 2 remastered <laughs> with the new graphics, Halo 3, all the multiplayer stuff, and Halo 4, all the multiplayer stuff as well. Four huge games, which released so undercooked. It was awful. I mean, you didn't know that until you played it, right? Uh, I I got it after launch, so I knew it was rough. Okay. I, I got it for the HD collection of the campaigns, yeah. um, and I knew eventually they were going to fix the multiplayer, but like yeah. it was it was really disappointing on launch. And also that console, fucking big and ugly and yeah, stupid-ass yeah. console. <laughs> it's um, so big. However, I really did like the HDMI in. Um, <laughs> you were the only one, buddy. I know. Well, it's because I ran my PS4 through my Xbox. Um, Obviously. Yeah, because I ran out of HDMI ports on my TV because I had too many <laughs> things plugged into it. Um, only you, man. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really love either of those consoles. Um, no. I did buy a 3DS for Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, and I did end up loving that console. Uh, but it took a little bit for good 3DS games to come out. Also, Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, one of the only games to support the Circle Pad Pro, which I had. Why? Why did Was it I? that and like Smash? No, Smash doesn't support Circle Pad Pro. Oh the only other game that I could tell that supported, I think, was a Xenoblade game or a. Or uh, Mario Kid Kart. Icarus. Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus. That was the yeah. one. Kid Icarus Uprising. Yeah, didn't yeah. have that because game. it was too uncomfortable to play any other way. <laughs> like it gave people hand cramps to yeah. like have to use the D pad and the stylus at the same time. Circle Pad Pro was legit. It had two bumpers. <laughs> it had well, man. People yeah. used to fucking hunt for that at work. Really? Yeah. Huh, well, I've got one. Yeah, they really had. Don't to tell hide. anyone, Jeremy. Um. Yeah. Every other console I've bought is just because I just wanted the console. Right, not not the game. Yeah, like I didn't buy the PS4 for Knack and Killzone Shadow 4. No. <laughs> not for Knack? Not for Knack. <laughs> Sad. Uh, you didn't buy a PS5 for no, Xbox for Bugs Knacks? kind of bought the PS5 for a little bit for Astrobot. <laughs> the Astrobot? Yeah. Whoa. That's in my top five. Whoa. I think I bought the PS5 for a higher fidelity back compat. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly has been the most I've done on my PS5, so I'm having a great time. Yeah, to be fair, that's, I think that that's probably why I bought my Xbox. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've actually got a few. The more I think about it, early ones, early consoles, it's like, yeah, that thing where it's like they bought it for me, and just because I was hyped for the console, I just asked for it, and then they got me one, kind of a deal. Um, or I saved up and I just got a GameCube. I, don't, I, I could never remember. I've, I've thought about this for years. Sorry, this is a total tangent. But you know how, like, theoretically, I saved up enough money to buy a GameCube? I have no fucking idea how I did that. I was like eight. 
just with like Doing pocket money. I don't know how that. Yeah. I think they, they probably just. I probably had like fifty bucks saved up, and my parents were like, "Ah, hey, good enough," and they paid the rest off. <laughs> yeah. like, I have no idea. Fifty bucks is like a, when you're when you're getting money by like yeah. I don't know two dollar laundry something loads. like that. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's a chunk. Yeah, yeah. Mum would always match match what I would have. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, mum did that to me as well. Oh, I like that. I it's might. it's like. I'm gonna I'm gonna store that away. I really Technically, like that. they're just buying it for you anyway because it was their money yeah. in the first place. Yeah, but it's but about the saving aspect. I suppose. yeah, they're giving you the money. Yeah. You're choosing what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, all those early ones they kind of don't count for me. But I got I got a PS3 with almost all my own money. I had my brother cover like the last twenty percent because it was on sale. I wanted to get it while it was on sale with a good bundle. Um, and so he paid the last twenty percent, and I paid him back. Uh, and that was for Assassin's Creed Two. I was desperate to play that game. It's and a so good I, game. It's a great game. I should and play that game. It came with a bundle of, uh, f- I think it's a five hundred gig PS3 Slim. Yep. Um, I've got a, that one. It's sliding top one, yeah. No, 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 no not, not the super one. slim, just uh, the slim. Um, really good looking console. That one. Yeah. That one in Jerry's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good game, good console, good bundle. Yeah, that was great. That was one of the that was one of the best ones. I mean, that's one of my favorite games. I played on that game twice. I could never do the the feathers. I, you just pull up the IGN guides. Two hours. Yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Um. Uh. So I did that PS3, PS4. I got for Destiny. Um. So I got that like a month before Destiny came out, and that was that was a good time. I was going through my old PS4 screenshots like a, f- a few months ago. I've got so many Destiny screenshots. Like, Bungie know how to make some fucking excellent skyboxes. Oh I'll tell you God. what. Don't they just? <laughs> on being looking on e- on Enus? <laughs> on Venus? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how I did that. On Enus. Venus? With the <laughs> on Venus, where you're at the Ishtar Collective, but it's like that red and yellow and orange skyline. Oh, Enus? <laughs> I've been missing that game lately. Destiny 1? Yeah. I'll go back with you. I'm not going to go back. Okay, then. <laughs> Great. It's 120 gig download. Yeah, so what? Do you need PS5? Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's fun. Yeah. What else you got to do? Anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, PS4, PS3, and my Switch I got for Breath of the Wild, <laughs> which I actually loved um, and spent a, a year playing. Um, out of all of those, it's interesting because you, you you both kind of had like, oh, I got it for this and that didn't pan out or I got it for this and <laughs> yeah. this was like a discardable, <laughs> like throwaway secondhand thing. Yeah. Mine were like really considered like purposeful purchases. I think you made the good decision of waiting until after launch. Yeah, for all of them. Yeah. All of them. Oh, the PSP I had, like that was like a 10-year-old console yeah, at that point. That's different, <laughs> yeah. But like PS3 was a, was like two and a half years old at that point. And then the Switch and PS4 were both about eight months old. So I got them mm. for about 20% off on like an eBay sale mm. um, with a game or two, which is, you know, good after launch. They probably won't have with a PS5 because they're so scarce. But, mm. you know, when that when those first like hot sales start going, those are good times. Um, feel a little silly I didn't do that with the PS5 this year. I don't know what to pick as my favorite though. I think Breath of the Wild is my favorite game out of those. Um, it's all a great console. Yeah. An excellent console. You're right. I mean, I got Mario Kart with it at the same time. I think. I think it's. I think it's the PS3 with Assassin's Creed 2. Another great console. Another, like it's took a while, but it was a great console. Yeah, absolutely. And I waited long enough that it was excellent. Like that 
if it's just for that game. And then I played so much on that console. Like, it's... Yeah, that's it. That's just the answer. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Cheapest, want- cheapest Blu-ray drive for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want next year's question? Whoa, 2021 incoming. <clears throat> um, let me let me find the wording. Hang on, hang on. If you were stuck on an island mm. and you could only play one genre genre of game, oh, that's right. What would you choose for the rest of your life? You die there. Porn. <laughs> genre. Yeah. Porn game. You just go on Steam and you just t- to turn off. You turn on the no, turn off the adult filter. Yeah, yeah, and you just browse new, and it's just like, yeah, you just browse uh, <laughs> popular new releases. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a question for you both, uh-huh. which I didn't forget. Well done, Jeremy. What's been your favorite question of this year? Oh, cute! Oh, oh cute! That's a very nice question that I absolutely do not have, hey, the, cap- I have the capacity. To- I have the list. You don't have to go through me. all of them. Just one that sticks out to you, mate. I've got no recollection of what my last. I liked 10 the days one. Was. I liked the one that was um. What uh? What is the most money you've spent on? Oh, on like a peripheral, oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh god. I don't, or, I don't remember what my answer was for that. I like the accessories one as well. Yeah, yeah that was good too. <laughs> I don't remember these, some of these. Uh, some of these probably the year R- before as well. R- read a couple of them out. Um, like some of the bottom ones. Which is your favorite video game family? Yep. Oh. I don't remember what I answered for that. Nope. Because um, a lot of it we did found family. I think you said yeah. Red Dead. I, yeah. I reckon you said Red Dead. Yeah, probably. What is the best weapon you've used in a game? You probably said Doom shotgun. No, I didn't say that. No. I don't know what I said. I don't know what I said either. Tweet at us if you know. What we <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was the creator of Pong one. What would you? Oh, that was. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, if. Uh, which gaming franchise would you like to see end? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a negative question. I love that I felt, one. I felt so mean about that <laughs> it was one. So, it's just, what don't you like? And tell us about it. <laughs> I like, I, I, I like almost regret saying man to that question only because like every now and again, like. <laughs> what was it? What was your answer? Mine was Serious Sam. <laughs> <laughs> New one of those came out this year, buddy. I know. That's why I said it. And I think like the reason I got mad at <laughs> There was no reason I got mad at Serious Sam. And also, like, I have a small following on Twitter, but every now and again, someone will follow me that, like, works at a company I know or, like, or is somebody that I, I am aware of, at least. And no, no one from Serious Sam followed me. But in my mind, I'm like, what if someone from Serious Sam followed me and they got really sad? And in my mind, I felt really bad. And I've been thinking about that ever since I fucking oh, said no. it. So to any Serious Sam's fa- fans out there, I'm sorry, but also get a life. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Nice, nice backhanded apology Dug there. A bigger hole, buddy. Um, yeah, I think um, this segment's been pretty fun for last year. I agree. There's been some a little shake it up, some fresh corkers. breath of fresh air in the middle. Maybe we'll yeah. think of some. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do a brainstorming session tonight. Think of some questions mm. for next year. Yeah, mm. that sounds good. Good plan, everyone. Go team. Um. Before we get into Cyberpunk, uh, uh, Game of the Year. <laughs> wow, <laughs> spoiled the segment. Hey, we're going to talk about Cyberpunk. So what we're going to do, uh, we might have a second break in this one. I hope you're all okay with that, listeners. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to, because June has not had the full force of following 
cyberpunk. Here's, here's what I know. Do you want to see me? What I know? Yes, what please. I, I would like to know what you know. You and we are going to fill in the gaps. And I want to. Uh, I'm so keen to hear your, your reaction to each of these uh, things. So, Why do you say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that uh, all of the transphobia stuff that we talked about um, last time. I think yeah. it was last time. Mm-hmm. And then I have only I only know that it was pulled from the PlayStation Store. Yep. That's it. Totally. Which because, we, of the, because of the bugs. Yes, yes, which we we described as uh, a the the culmination, like the fireworks at the end yeah. of the festival, um, because like honestly, June, like listening to KFGD, every episode mm-hmm. last week, except the middle one, was a cyberpunk headline. Really, every one of them. I'm very excited. You got to build it up. So we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this goes. Now, there's a. I've got some long paragraphs here. I'm trying to truncate it as I as I speak here, um, just because it was hard to find like a timeline, like a retrospective. Now, there was there was a bunch of stuff that was happening pre-launch, right? Obviously, the game's been delayed. People have been annoyed about that. Uh, there was that transphobic uh, marketing that was in one of the E3 demos, and then that got picked up, and then those tweets from that developer. And they, that's the one that they still haven't taken out, correct? Exactly. No, it's and all over the more game. More than it's not taken out. It's like one of only like four ads. Great. There's more than four ads, but like, there's so many places for ads shop. They have for, for enough variety. You see doubles of everything so often. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you just see it so much. Yeah. And it's unchanged, right? As far as I'm aware. Yeah. Like I don't I don't remember looking any different. Yeah. The the and there's no there's no other people in that in that same ad campaign, is there? It's just that one person for that one mix yeah. it up campaign. What do you guys think about the um? This is maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Not the second, the argument that this is what I, I've been told by multiple cis white men that have come back and said like you know it's like they're, they're a Polish company so it's okay it's like they're the Polish are backwards so I, I think sorry. that's the oh. reason but it's not an excuse yeah that's it's the same it's the same um, thing when we talk about anime or JRPGs and how uh, women in those games are incredibly over sexualized infantilized mm. um, and it's and it and that's a product of a culture that is somewhat uh behind in terms of progressive values yeah. in terms of where we're at. Yeah. Our, our in values, some instances, yes. Our values are not in line. Do you think it's a... Uh, what, like an excuse? Yeah. Do you think it's a, a valid excuse? I think Jeremy's right. It's a reason. Yeah. But no, I don't think it is. It's it, it's This is a global product. Yeah. And um, it's... To me, no matter where it comes from, if it's even if it's an entrenched societal values kind of an issue... Um, some of the things there is still disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. Um, I, yeah, no. I. It is news to me that Poland is actually as regressive, I guess, as it is in terms of its uh, trans values or lack thereof, um, and kind of opinions towards uh, gay marriage and and. Um, I mean, there's like recently there was a there's a there's a, I'm not sure how official it is in terms of it's it's being talked about or if it's actually been put through. There's a gigantic push f- towards uh, getting abortion banned in Poland. Holy shit! Mm. Um, they like uh, P- Poland recently has uh, introduced, uh, been infected with whatever you want to call it, a incredibly nationalist government, right? Um, with incredibly regressive values, um, which is harmful to many. Uh, many folk in Poland. Um, there's 
like and and it's it's really because a lot of like like a lot of the transphobia in the marketing also came through a lot of the social media. They would make jokes about like yeah. you know attack helicopters, all that like that hilarious. Did you just assume my gender? Yeah, like it's it's the same joke. They have they have one joke. Yeah. They have yeah. a single joke, and it's the same joke every time. Um, if anyone's curious, look at um, Nine Volt on Twitter, um, who they they post game news all the time. Um, they keep. Uh, like whenever anybody makes that same joke over and over again, they will always reply with "That's you've got you've got one joke," and then like some uh, like transphobic person will reply to them like with the same joke again, and he'll reply with "Yeah, but that's the same joke. You have one joke. <laughs> yep. It happens so often, and it's funny every time. In terms of these people are dumb. Uh, not only is it one joke, it's also incredibly insulting and just not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's it and it's a oh, anyway. yeah. Um, like and all that stuff is prevalent. It, it's and and it's you can tell it's not just the it's not just everybody who works at CD Projekt Red or worked on Cyberpunk doesn't share those values. Yeah, there are a lot of there are some good characterizations even of trans folk in yep. Cyberpunk as well. Yeah, it like a lot of people have said this and I tend to agree with them wholeheartedly. With this game feels like it was made by a million different people. This is a, this is an incredibly mm. uneven game. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's things in there like in in like some of the flavor text of one of the things someone put in statistics related to like uh, like like incar- like black incarceration in the states or something like that. It's just like offhand references. Like what the what the hell is that doing in there? Mm. Like it's so weird. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think that's an excuse that it's come from Poland. I uh, I think we need to hold them to a higher standard. Um, that it it does not if it is a reason for something to happen it does not excuse its happening i think what what gets me the most about it specifically about this poster thing is like they were told they mm. knew that it was it made people uncomfortable and that it was not okay and mm. yet they kept it in oh yeah so like it's not that they was you know it was a mistake and they've learnt or anything like that mm. it feels that actively like they're actively hurting people yep. on purpose you know 100%. like or being like at least being mean about yeah. it. like be, being mean in a way it that feels will, like a jab now like it, it yeah yeah like it's a jab and it's also signaling towards other people who share the values of transphobes mm-hmm. being like yeah like like hey i i agree with that that's same that's same that's a funny joke to me yeah. i'm i'm down with these people or this or this studio rather um and you similarly, you know, like there was issues with, uh, you know, like you don't get to choose your pronouns in this game. Your pronouns are decided by your voice that you choose in the character creation, Even not your you body can type. Choose so your fucked. genitals. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like there are so many just issues of like, and you know, like I don't doubt that, uh, you know, that they obviously didn't prepare for people wanting, you know, like they them pronouns, for example, inside of Cyberpunk mm. when they were told about it way later on, mm. but. They're online. They know, and even if even if they didn't know, say they didn't know, I get that games can be like a thing where you know there might be a lot of systems which are built upon other systems which are then related to certain like like you know aspects of the body type or like what voice lines get pulled is determined on some random piece of code in the middle. Yeah. Um. But like, you know, the, do better. <laughs> yeah, like. The the concept of the game is based on the the tabletop RPG, correct? Yes. Which I'm pretty sure has a whole bunch of things to play around with gender in. Like it's it's Does like it? yeah, it's supposed to be like yeah. really progressive in that aspect. And I had a, I don't know why they would pull some bits from the game, some bits from the tabletop RPG, but like not the most important parts. You know? Totally. 
I had a conversation with um, Jade, who we know from uni. Yeah. Um, in one of the discords that's, you know, with all of our uni kind of, you know, those ones that yeah. were made. Um, it was actually quite an interesting discussion that we had uh, with a bunch of us. But something that Jade brought up is that um, some, as a part of the part of the function of the game, the tabletop RPG, is that modifications you make to your body, uh, there's a, like a, a, I might be misspeaking this, but I think I remember this correctly. There's a feature where every modification you make, you make a roll. And if it's a low or high roll, if, if the roll passes, uh, then you get this status increase to your like... Um, Is this cyberpsychosis? Yeah, cyberpsychosis yeah. or something like that, yeah. Um, implying that this modification has made you less human, has made you less yeah. yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that happens when you do those gender modifications in the tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. Implying that to change one's gender is to become less, less human. human. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, that that tabletop RPG came out the eighties, thirty yeah, years ago, forty old. years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a it's a bit different. Yeah. But pulling from a thirty to forty year old. Uh, text let's say mm. r- r- base resource to bring it to the modern day but not modernize a lot of the values around that stuff i think is um an oversight mm. and it's and it's incredibly uh easy own goal to make <laughs> i like and th- there's a lot of parts in that game where like the cyberpsychosis aspect of it is incredibly ableist in other ways yes of, like if you uh, replace a part of your body with a piece of machine, say the machine that has, uh, you know, repaired your hearing or your vision or an arm or something like that. Then you yeah, become even less human, even like as if to say people with prosthetics are less human. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they and like I, I'm I'm not up to this part of the game, so this is only what I've heard from offhand. Apparently, in some aspects, the cyberpsychosis part of it, um, they talk about cyberpsychosis being a myth. Inside of the game, or or not not being directly related to body parts, right? But being a thing that someone is manipulating, or there's some virus or something that is affecting robotic parts of your body. But to it, it like it, it does play with that idea of humanity more than the tabletop to RPG did, okay. which is just a straight value increase depending on what parts of your body you have replaced. Mm. Um. So I don't I don't know where that stuff lands because the game is too fucking long for me to get into the, some of that stuff. Totally. I think we haven't even fucking got started. No, that's the, okay. This is thing. good. It's a good discussion. I and think it's a good discussion to know why we're not, why it's not going to be a part of our game of the year discussion yeah. coming up. I think what I haven't played any of the game and I have no desire to. And obviously, I don't know that much about what's going on with it. But I think that what makes me the most mad about it is like there's so much potential there to be great mm-hmm. for, for gender things yes. in, in particular. And for, you know, I don't know, the aspect of the future, I suppose. Mm. Um, and they've just, like, fucked it completely. Totally. And the, the, that imagining what it could have been is, the I think, the most saddest part about it yep. for me. The thing that gets me about the that whole, like, gender um, inside of the character creator, like how you define your character in cyberpunk, Demon Souls has a better character <laughs> creator in that regard than this one does because they've got body type A and body type B. Yeah. And then also you can have whichever voice you want, like a Saints Row game, you know, where you could pick 
Sensor was Sensor had a gender slider. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you could with with Demon Souls, you pick the body type you want, so whatever. You don't know about their genitals. It's just some of them have breasts and some of them don't. And then you can pick whatever voice line you want. Hmm. And that's it. And you can just decide for yourself what that character is. Call of it, Duty had that as well. Call of Duty had a non-binary gender assignment or, it, or just a, I prefer not to say. <laughs> it's like it's a tiny, tiny, tiny thing to include. Yeah. And yet, I don't know. And it would have been, I, I, oh, it's such, the thing that gets me with Cyberpunk is that I wish they hadn't done it. Like, it's don't like they it thought all. they were trying to appease mm-hmm. this market that wanted to be more included. And instead, all they did was make it worse. And they just... It would have been easier for them to just design a character. Yeah. Just, um, if they'd put in a Fallout, it would have been disappointing if they put in like a character creator that was only as robust as Fallouts. But... Yeah. Whatever. It's... um. <laughs> Yeah, and like a, a lot, a lot of the a lot of the anger comes from like how much they fetishized a lot of it. It's yep. it's really it's it's just it's gross, and a lot of it's so unnecessary. It doesn't add anything to this game. It no. really doesn't. I've played a bunch of the game. Like I think you haven't played it, Gary. Have you? No, I'm the so I'm the only one here that's played it. It's not good. <laughs> Full yeah. stop. It's a bad video game. Yeah. Cyberplunk. Cyber Cyberplunk. <laughs> Cyberplunk. <laughs> Cyberplunky. Cyberpunk is like a four out of ten for me so far. It's yeah. not good. Like none of it is really good. Yeah. One of the things that get, we'll get that got. That got me about it and we'll, we'll wrap up this sort of um this debrief yes. which i'm enjoying i'm glad <laughs> we're having this but um so one of the things that's got me about it is do you remember uh five years ago when the witcher 3 came out right sure it was on top of the world yep. it had a roughish yep. kind of console launch had some bugs some crashes and stuff like that they it fixed was it relatively quickly really quickly you know they did a whole ui rework and that they came up with their free dlc packs you know new armor and new hair uh, it's hair and yep. new like stuff for your horse and like like, it was awesome. They were on top of the world. And they've they've been riding on the coattails of one of the best launches of a game this generation. One of the, of one of the best games of the generation ever since. Not only have they pissed it away in a matter yep. of weeks, yep. which is just absolutely phenomenal. But what they were saying at the time, because six months later after Witcher came out, Fallout 4 came out, right? Buggy. Slightly disappointing because it was kind of only Fallout 3 with slightly better gunplay and better graphics, right? People were like, oh, this isn't what I wanted from Fallout. I was expecting more from Fallout 4, a generational leap. And people were saying, how can we expect Fallout 4 to have been enough when this year we got The Witcher? Five years later, Cyberpunk comes out and its <laughs> next closest analog of what a game is that it could be associated with is Fallout. That's funny. People are saying, oh, if I think about it as Fallout, then I start having a good time. It's like, what? You shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> you should never have to think about Fallout, Bethesda, Bethesda Fallout games. You should never have to think about that. The only Fallout game people should think about is the Obsidian ones. Anyway, um, June, have you seen any of the glitches that are included in the game? Have uh, you seen I haven't actually seen, no. I haven't okay, we'll, we'll show you some afterwards. Please, please. But this this sum up, we're going to go into the sum up of, of, the, uh, of the post-launch debacles that has happened since this has come out. So I'm pulling from a couple of uh, articles here. Uh, one of them is from uh, Vulture.com. So I, uh, the majority of the, these paragraphs I'm about to read have come from Vulture. It's a good sort of distillation of what happened post-launch. Okay, so as December 10, the release date, drew closer, and review copies started to circulate throughout the press, 
game critics were surprised to find that the company was only distributing the PC code. Kotaku reported that it asked CD Projekt Red numerous times to no avail for the versions prepared for the Xbox One and PS4. As a result, all of the game's initial review scores reflect the experience on high-powered modern gaming CPUs instead of a pair of consoles that first made landfall in 2013. So do they just not have the console copies ready for for review? Oh, they they I mean they they or came they, out they, on the same ta- they came out at the same time as the PC copy. They didn't make them available for review. Okay. Is it because of the console copies were so buggy that they didn't want reviewers to see them? Yes. So, well, that's what people were suspecting, and it yeah. turns out that's what happened. And, and I will say, it's not uh, hearing other people who have been in the business for a while. That's not immediately unheard of. Mm. Um, it's not uh, completely out of the blue, especially for a company that's very as PC focused as CD Projekt Red is. Totally. Um, it was the kind of thing that when it happened, it was like it was like a question mark rather than like a, like alarm bells. It was like, hmm, this is interesting, but oh well, it should be okay. That's what the that's what the vibe was before reviews yeah. before the the console copies came out. Yeah, sure. But this game was also announced in 2012. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they weren't starting active development until after no, the Witcher I, was I, done. No, of course not. Yeah, but <laughs> so by most accounts, the PC version of Cyberpunk 2077 plays reasonably well. It's still buggy and prone to crashes, but none of those issues are backbreaking, and the Metacritic score reflects that. The PS4 and Xbox ports, another story. Shortly after release last week, well, whenever this was written, as players around the world finally got their hands on the hottest game of the year, the internet started to billow with angst about how disastrously the game performs on those base consoles. There are reports of disorienting drops in frame rate, muddy video resolutions, and most infamously, a a deluge of bizarre glitches. Watch as a car drives through a house with no collision, or as a character's face resembles a shattered mosaic of unloaded textures. Gamers are falling through floors. They're watching vehicles spawn out of thin air. NPCs are stuck to their dashboards. It, the, the list of glitches goes on and I'm off book now. It goes on and on and on. And Congratulations to Chris Person only. <laughs> <laughs> but something... The frame rate on PS4 goes down to about 15 sometimes. Xbox One is even worse with a resolution lower than 720p. It's, it's ridiculous. So... That's that's December 10th, right? <laughs> this is like three weeks ago now. <laughs> On December 14th, four days after release, CD Projekt Red issued a statement atoning for the broken state it shipped the game in. Quote, I, have the, I have the statement as well, by the way, if you need. Have you got it? I've got... It's it's cut up within this paragraph. Okay. Do you want to read the whole thing? Uh, not the whole thing. There was, a, there was only two parts, I think, which is actually... Oh, why don't weird. you read your parts? Okay. Yep. Dear gamers. No! <laughs> just stop there. First of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered, and in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. The second paragraph goes into details about what they, when their patches are going to be and what they're going to detail. The third paragraph is, Finally, we would we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate it if you would give us a chance, but if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please see the refund system of PSN or Xbox respectively. For box versions, please try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible, please contact us at... There's an email there... And we will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020. Uh, and then they talk about PC gamers are also going to get the updates as well. Did you get people come in after their return period was over 
the EB's policy to try and return it? Yes. Yeah, so, so, uh, Did re- you do it? Retailers have put out statements in Australia and to the yep. US as well saying that just offer refunds for the time being. Yep. yep. Um, I think in the States, I think their refunds are only going until the 28th, which I believe is today. Yeah. Um, EB, at least in Australia, I think just has a blanket. Just doing it, yeah. yeah. But we're also in Christmas return period anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it's, it's a mess. The thing that, obviously they start by saying, dear gamers. And then in that statement, they also say, we should have paid more attention to the, those base copies of the game. They knew what was happening. They knew. Um, and then the other thing is, they were like, if you want to get a refund, we hope you can give us a chance. As if they haven't already put down $100 to play this game already. As if it's an act of charity to stick with a game that has been launched so nefariously <laughs> to, as to deceive the customers on mm. what game they would be receiving on day one if they had a base console. The way it runs on um, Series X or uh, PS4 Pro is it's basically what you would expect the performance to be on the base consoles. (laughs) God. (laughs) And then it's full of glitches and it crashes. Um, So reading on here, uh, blah, 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 blah. So it was after that point in time. So we're up to you in the timeline, aren't you? So I might interject if there's another bit that that the article is skipping. It is a the, the article kind of ends there. What is, so? What have you got? Um, PlayStation's return policy. Mm. It, it so as as far as I'm aware, I didn't try and return my copy because I got it physically. Um, a lot of people who wanted to return it, it entirely depended on. So you have to talk to someone actually over chat if you want to get a return on something through PlayStation through, through PlayStation. digital the, the digital storefront. Yeah, yeah. As far as anyone can tell. CD Projekt Red didn't talk to Xbox or PlayStation about making that statement about just go through the normal return policy. PlayStation doesn't really have a return policy. As soon as you down start downloading your digital purchase, you can't get a refund. Yeah. Um, and God, so what? The poor so customer what, service yes, people at PlayStation. So what they Sorry. did is suddenly just get inundated with a bunch of people uh. saying, "Hey, I want to return this game," and they're like, "We didn't offer refunds," but some people were getting it because it entirely depends on the service rep. Yeah. Some service reps might have been more lenient because they understood the situation better, yep. maybe better than others. So it also apparently entirely depended on who you butted up on the PlayStation support thing. Um, Twitter exploded tw- with so many people saying, I can't get my refund. I got my refund. They yeah. won't do my refund. Um, I, I think Xbox's policy was a little bit more defined and I think a little bit easier to get a refund. But I think uh, what that led into was then, um, which I believe is, yeah, the next thing is PlayStation removing it from digitally from the storefront, yeah. um, which you know of yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. They opened up the, the refund, like, criteria so it was much easier to get a refund yes um i i still firmly believe that the only reason xbox aren't doing this is because they also have licensing deals with like so i don't know if you know this but they made a, a an xbox one x that is cyberpunk themed um they they made a cyberpunk themed console that can't run cyberpunk very well <laughs> um as well as like you know cyberpunk was always on stage at microsoft yeah with yeah that's where keanu was yeah like all that stuff it was a it was a big marketing push from both of those companies which is probably what the only reason why they're still selling it digitally yeah um it's, it's marketing of buses where it's like you see cyberpunk and then everywhere. the series s and x in front of them yeah which you can't buy yeah yeah um yeah, it was a it was a huge huge like it. You can tell something has gone bad in video game news when, 
when standard news outlets start covering it. (laughs) Like CNN, ABC, Bloomberg, they're all like, like not the gaming divisions of those places Mm -hmm. were covering this news. Yeah. This is, this is absolutely huge that the, them pulling it from the store. It's just delisted. They'll bring it back when it's fixed. Blah, blah, blah. The Washington Post. Yep. Did a push notification. If you have the if you have wow. the, if you have the WAPO fucking phone app, you know, the top stories you get a push notification about. They made a push notification about Cyberpunk's so okay, so basically putting it on par with like COVID news. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that, 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 that there's a class action lawsuit happening against CD Projekt Red about yep. false advertising. Yeah. Yep. Um, <sighs> so there's there's a couple of there's, there's still more. It's not the We're end. Not done. Oh my god. So CD Projekt Red own GOG, which yes. is good good old games. Gog, whatever it is. I think they're just Gog now. Gog. Um, it's a terrible name. Do you remember Devotion, June? The the um Thai is it Taiwanese? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, a the Taiwanese horror, game, horror yeah. game. Actually, I heard about this maybe. And they were going to release it, and then they they shut it down again. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So this was the Taiwanese game that had a Winnie the Pooh reference buried <laughs> in some corner. <laughs> That's right. right. I forgot about that. Which angered Chinese customers and their government yep. got yep. pulled from Steam. Yeah. Really, really hurt that developer. And it was supposed to be an incredible game, right? It, it was, was supposed a great to be game. Really good. Yeah. So Gog said we're going to release it, and literally hours later, what they said was, "Quote: After receiving many messages from gamers, <sighs> we have decided not to list the game in our store." Okay, why? Because it wasn't from gamers. Pressure from China. Pressure from Chinese, you know, nationals who buy into all that stuff yeah, okay. and who like start review bombing the game and all of that stuff. Yikes! They just suddenly backpedal. Like they put it on the store without even thinking. Yeah. Without even realizing, and then they're like, "Oh, whoops! Sorry, have, we're ac- we actually don't have a spine." Have <laughs> have um have have the there's a devotion taken out that reference. So they think, put up. I a think they did it before it was taken off of Steam. Originally. Okay, and then China's just being like, actually, we just fucking hate them. Yeah, it's just done. Yeah. So, so Red Candle Games, the studio behind Devotion, um, put out a statement saying, "Hi, we are Red Candle Games. Earlier, GOG has announced that its official Twitter, after receiving many messages from gamers, we've decided to not list the game in our store. Though regretfully, but we are willing to understand the respect GOG's decision for the players. Looking forward to Devotion's re-release. Please accept our most sincere apology. This is a difficult predicament to overcome, but we won't stop striving. Mm. So they're looking to still." put it out in some form or another. God, I hope they get there. I hope so. One of the last things... Uh, Before we actually get to talking about the game itself. <laughs> one of the last things is uh, Bloomberg, Jason Schreier, yep. doing excellent reporting. Yep. He's, got, he's got sources inside the studio. Yep. Um, there was an investor call in which uh, the developers of the game got to speak up and they were throwing all kinds of questions and shade at the lead developers, the heads of the studio. So um, this is quite far down the bottom of uh, Jason Schreier's article, but I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs. One employee asked the board why it had said in January that the game was, quote, complete and playable, unquote, when that wasn't true, to which the board answered that it would take responsibility. Another developer asked whether CD Projekt's uh, directors felt it was hypocritical to make a game about corporate exploitation while expecting that their employees work overtime. The response was vague and non-committal. Mendist- Wait, uh, hang on. Oh, no, never mind. That's just a sum up of all the things. I've got another one here. Yep. Um, 
This is from someone at CG Project Red. We have also stated that your expectations in the game is going to be equal to, say, next-gen consoles or PC in terms of performance. That definitely isn't going to happen. Having said that, it's not going to be a bad game, but if you're expecting regarding, say, visuals or other performance angles are like this, then we're open to stating that it's not going to be the case. It will be a good, playable, stable game without glitches and crashes, though, in regards to the base console version of the game. Uh, to which an investor says... Okay, that last sentence I think is the key one. I don't expect I don't expect next gen performance on last gen, but I would like to be able to play through the game. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, there's a lot about there's a lot here. Um, yeah, I, like I and honestly, I don't think I don't think any of it matters anymore because, mm. like I said, like the way all of this has culminated in the way that like this has just pissed away all their goodwill. Like, this game's done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And not only that, I have lost... You remember when Witcher came out and they had the thank you note inside the game? Yep. And it was like, oh, wow. Uh, you know, that's that's incredible. And, like, they've made this incredibly well-respected game and, and it's doing new things for the medium and it's bringing Western RPGs back to the forefront. And It was Poland's biggest export for a while. And it's gone. Like, like I don't trust that developer and inch anymore i trust them about as much as i trust activision blizzard to do anything (laughs) sensible or ethical yeah because they lied to the consumers yeah they lied to everyone to try and get them to sell as many ps4 and xbox one standard copies as they could and it's just it's obscene i think we've had uh, a similar conversation but i was um talking to my sister and her boyfriend over christmas about it because they've both been playing it and um, they're both people that don't really play games that much. They were just excited mm. about this because they like The Witcher. Yep. And um, they enjoyed The Witcher, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and Ella, my sister, was saying that like, after I told her about, you know, the crunch accusations and, yep. and all that stuff, she's like, well, then why, like, I feel bad. I've, I want to play it because I feel bad for the people that are yep. had, had worked on it and, you know, mm-hmm. sacrificed their mental health for this so like why shouldn't shouldn't we be playing it shouldn't we be giving good scores for their sake Mm -hmm. it's like i i don't know i know it's hard i i i get stuck on that one as well because you don't want their work to go for nothing and they want you to enjoy it yeah and and there's also like the there was the thing about um if the game got above an 85 on metacritic all employees were going to get bonuses they have then had to walk that back they walked that back that they said they were going to get their bonuses anyway but there was there's also there's so many there's so many issues with why like that game it's just it's just not fucking done yeah it's just a non-finished video game there is no reason it should have come out now they should have delayed it further. Sure, people get mad. Who fucking cares? Yeah, they get mad for like, I don't know, a week and then they get over it. Yeah, like they, like it, like, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, like the, some of the things that people say about developers, like uh, delaying games isn't awful and abhorrent and should be removed. It totally should because some people are fucking idiots. But also, those people are fucking idiots. <laughs> you, 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 you don't like keep those people in your mind as anything you should ever listen to. No. You delete and block and move on and you need to realize that when this happened this is so much worse to make them crunch for a game that only came out in this state you shouldn't have crunched to begin with and it shouldn't have been released in this state at all yeah anyway the actual game itself is terrible (laughs) i've been playing it it's not good people like it yeah some people some people like it i'm really not liking it the world is kind of cool a lot of neon i like that the driving (laughs) is terrible yep 
the there's no driving AI. No, no, there's no fucking AI at all. They don't. They don't care. I can like beat up someone's car. They don't do anything. They don't even so much as honk at me. Mm. If I can, you if you get the police on you, they just they just spawn like seven meters behind you every time. They just they just generate behind yeah. you. And so if you spin around, they just start spawning in a circle around you because that's how that's how it's generated. Bad. Bad. There's like so if you if you go up to a random if you there's no NPCs will fight you not a single NPC will fight you unless they're a gang member in which case they were always going to fight you yeah in which case in which case they want to fight you if you beat up like a civilian everybody will just run with the same can running like I'm afraid animation you then turn around and then they t pose <laughs> yeah and then and if you turn around and then look back they're all gone. Yeah, it just sounds like it's undercooked to me. The yep. the the story part of it that I'm up to isn't really that interesting either. I've seen a lot of tits, <laughs> um, and a lot of dildos. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw an article. Someone that was like, CD Projekt Red uh, say they're going to uh, tune the distracting number of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> There's an exorbitant amount of dildos in that video game. Um, I've I've seen the sex scenes on Twitter. They're not anything mm. i don't know why your character doesn't have genitals to begin with aside from like a headline of like look how many dicks we have in our game yeah yeah um there's also like not that many <laughs> there's lots of like straight male romance options and yep. like um uh <laughs> lesbian female romance options but not many like like gay male, male. Yeah. yeah yeah i heard that Th- there was a great um th- th- that being said there was a great uh reddit thread on r slash cyberpunk 2077 which was someone <laughs> the, he- the 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 headline of the post was help i keep accidentally having sex with men in cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> um help yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like some of the characters are kind of neat. I haven't met, I haven't met Keanu yet. A lot of the plot beats, I'm still like, I'm still early on in that game. I'm taking it real fucking slow because I knew it was not going to be in my fucking top 50 um, <laughs> games that came out this year. Um, so I, I, I've just stopped playing for a while. I'll go back to it at some point. I might, I might honestly just wait for some patches before I actually play that game. Mm. Um, and like I don't know. There's only one character that I like in that game, and his, his name's Jackie. He's like the main. He's your main best friend in that game. He's all right. Pretty sure he dies. Oh, okay. Pretty sure they covered that in like E3 trailers. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh well. Um, <laughs> well, that'll suck. Yeah. Um, Keanu replaces Jackie, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No cares. It. <laughs> anyway, game. let's. Cyberpunk. That's why we're not talking about it for game of the year this year. Yeah. And I uh I wanted I wanted to let you know what was going on, June. <laughs> Thank you. What a two weeks. <laughs> what a thrill. <laughs> it's just unforeseeable. <laughs> it's such a Who would have thought that crunching your developers to the bone would bring out a terrible product? Hey, do you think Last that- of us <laughs> We'll get to that. Do you th- <laughs> That's do bad you for think- different reasons though. Do you think that if say Mm, Rockstar made Cyberpunk. It would be, have been no. different. No, no. I, I think, I think you need. Maybe. A, no, I think you need a studio with more nuance. Yeah. The other thing yeah, is, Rock, yeah, Rockstar had made Red Dead before, and they'd made open world games before. Yeah. 
CDPR, they haven't made any game like this before, ever. Mm. Not not a first-person shooter, no. No, or or like like a modern-day setting, or like like they've been making Witcher games for twenty years. Yeah. Like <laughs> they haven't made this game before. Also, the dialogue is bad in this game. The dialogue is like. So Jeff Gertzman pointed like put it in the most possible way. It sounds like someone's put it through tr- like Google Translate from um, Polish into oh, English. Oh wow! And I probably have. Well, and and so what he was saying is that like the the localization in The Witcher isn't that great either. But everyone talks with an old timey cadence that doesn't really matter. Oh, that's what I loved about The Witcher was that there was it was full of great British accents. <laughs> yeah, but like but everything was very you know like a like hmm like like who like who are you, fair sir? Like I am I'm a Witcher. You know, oh, yeah. Witcher, well, we have a problem, don't we then? Like, yeah. that sort of thing. In this, it's like, Night City's on fire, but it's like, it's fucking shit, and yeah. it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think, let, let, let's let's full stop it here. Yeah. When I was listening to Kind of Funny, uh, Imran Khan, formerly of Game Informer, who's an incredibly smart individual, yep. who I could listen to for hours, yep. and I have. Yes. Um, so do I. He said that the way this game is launched is like, CD Projekt Red has hit your car with their car <laughs> and they've gotten out and they're like, they're pretending that they're on the phone and they're trying to give you their details and they're just trying to get the fuck out of there. They're the guy that hits your car and fucks off and yeah. is not trying to be helpful at all. They've tried to get away with it. I, Bastards. <laughs> my one question going forward is I wonder if this is going to change um, Sony or Xbox's certification processes. Yeah. Because the way so you, the way you get certification on consoles is you show them a build of the game and provided that basically doesn't brick the console you can give them a list of of known bugs you know about the game mm. you you talk you, you basically have like a like a it's probably unwritten you have an agreement that is we know about these bugs these bugs will be fixed before then yeah the rest of the game should work fine there might be some crashes but we we're aware of them it will be fixed for launch you can uh, you- trust us to certify uh, our game on your console for it to be sold and published and it will work for consumers. Even although if you only look at the build that we've got for you right now, it doesn't pass. Yeah, because they know that developers work up until like the minute the game launches. Yeah. So they, they, they're aware of that and, and they have an agreement. This is bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, I wonder if that will make them say, like request a higher level of... Um, uh, a higher level of completion before they actually put their games on the console because at this point they've had to like there's there's a, a separate PlayStation URL that they had to put together for for, for refunds for Cyberpunk yep absolute trash fire it's funny though yeah sure is <laughs> <laughs> alright let's stop talking about Cyberpunk um, about the last of us. Uh, so what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about game of the moment I think th- I think Don't that's talk a- about Last of Us. I was going to do that like after that. Okay. Let's, um, have, let's have something good and then go back to. Totally, shows. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about not game of the year, not like games that we played necessarily. That was like what we're going to talk about is the game of the year in terms of what owned like airtime and brain space and positivity and what was what was what was the game of this year? Mm. Or not in terms of critical reception, but what dominated our thoughts and what and, and the news cycle and and the zeitgeist what was the zeitgeist for this year um and it's and it's interesting because I, I the reason i want to have this conversation is because i think there were so many mm. Mm. we've got animal crossing was absolutely monumental when it came out not only because it was 
brand new Animal Crossing and Switch had a massive install base and there was just hype for it. But because it also kicked in right as a bunch of lockdowns happened across the world. Um, that fell off quite quickly, mm. I think. Um, we've also got uh, Among Us, which absolutely exploded. We have uh, Fall Guys, Cyberpunk to a different extent in terms of its negativity. Um, and I kind of want to say Hades. Yeah. Like yeah. Hades has dominated the, uh, in, the the zeitgeist and mindshare of uh, people who follow the industry yeah. and who are interested in all that stuff. So um, I have another entry as well. Sure. Um, uh, World of Warcraft, honestly. In terms of World mm-hmm. of Warcraft hit the m- the highest selling PC product this ever. year. The, the new expansion was the most was the, was the most selling play, uh, PC uh, game ever mm. until Cyberpunk came out two weeks later. Is that including their last fifteen years of sales, though? No, like like one one thing, just their expansion. They're, like their one expansion, like as as a single product. So like, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's funny. I, I don't think I've heard. Anything that's about the thing. That. I, that's I wouldn't the thing. Have... Yeah, like, and neither would have I until I saw that, and I'm like, I, I must have missed this. That's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. I, I didn't hear anything about. That. I didn't even hear that on kind of funny. Yeah, that's wild. It's 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 it is incredible. Shadowlands, like yeah. the, you mentioned that, like outside of people in WoW, I don't really hear people talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like that. That is the best selling product that Blizzard have ever had. Interesting. In terms of like launch. Okay. Yeah. Well, wow, good on them. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> hey, Blizzard, fix the rest of your shit. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give that one any points because none of us had heard had heard about it, which I think kind of goes. A, against the you know the like well like I, th- I think it's more that like what, what i'm getting at is this was happening everywhere not just in our circles i think is, yeah. is what I, is what i'm actually yeah. okay. uh, trying to get across with this do you do you think that this year in particular caused these like i'm trying to think of like stuff that happened last year games in particular that blew up last year can you think of any because i can't 2019 was largely regarded as a as a bad year yeah. for video games. And I don't think that's true. No. But the caliber and quality of the games that came out were... Um, it, nothing Nothing took the world by storm in the same way that a lot of these ones did. Like Apex came out and it was a good... Uh, it was a good battle royale and it's enough to sustain itself. Yeah. But it, it, it wasn't Fall Guys. Do, you, do know. you think that COVID mm. had an, a bigger, like an effect on... On the climate of of these these games becoming super popular, I think I mean, so. Yes, I, I, th- I think COVID <laughs> is the reason. Yeah, um, I mean, like digital spending and and online marketplaces, all their numbers have gone up, but yeah. they were going up anyway. Yeah. So it's just hard to say how much more they've gone up now compared to before. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's the kind of thing I think it's it, it it's invisibly definitely the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's impossible to quantify. Yeah. But I think. The style of games that really hit this year, a lot of social games, a lot of games with casual are, yeah. games, quote yeah. unquote. A lot of games you can play around and then not play around. Yeah. Um, and a lot of games which you can play on mobile. Yeah. Um, I think maybe another game which I should which we should mention, but you know, I don't think sure. any of us really played was Genshin Impact. Yeah. Um, being able to play that on PlayStation as well as phones. Yeah, um, cross play. Did a yeah. huge thing for that. Um, game um, similar with like Among Us, like on mm. now on uh, now on Xbox as well, um, but on PC and being able to play that game on like an iPad. The yeah. thing, like I think, I don't know, 
maybe maybe the answer is among us because like i don't know people that don't play video games like we had like we played Among Us over work Zoom calls. Yeah. Wow. And really? Like, wow. And like, I don't my 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 old work had nothing to do with video games at all. Yeah. And like, you know, th- those people, some of those people had never like played a mobile game before. Like, you know, wow. playing Among Us. That's incredible. Mm. I, I don't know. I think for me, the thing that gets me with Among Us, there's there's two there's there's two or three places where I've seen it just like around, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That's a it's game. It pops up in strange places. I was walking around a nearby primary school near my house. You know, we we're going for walks. And it was right around the time that uh, things were opening up again, and the primary school was saying, uh, "Welcome back to uh, or to to most of their students, right?" But they they'd had people going there who couldn't be looked after any other way, so they already had students who'd been at the school, and you know they were getting them to do things. And so the way they'd done "Welcome Back" is they'd drawn the outline of all the big capital letters on, like each letter was an A4 page, and and then I think one person. One of the a student had a letter to draw to gussy mm. up to make nice, and one of them, one of the letters, was covered in Among Us references, yeah, and different colors and sus and mm. and all this random stuff. And I'm just walking around, bloody in the middle of suburbia and around my house, and there's pictures of Among Us on the side of a school fence. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? And then the other one is like when I walk into work, uh, into the shopping center where our work is, there's a a dry cleaner and hanging off of coat hangers, they've got these little homemade Among Us plushies that they're selling for like eight bucks <laughs> of all the different colors of the different astronauts. <laughs> Seriously, at a, at, a, at, our, at a dry cleaner in our shopping center. That's cute. Yeah, it's wild. It transcends some barrier. Yeah, I think largely because it's free. Not even on, like... On mobile. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I can sort of compare it to is like Fortnite, I guess, but I don't even think Fortnite... Oh, Fortnite no, was for, pretty Fortnite big. Fortnite did. I, I had I had my parents' family friends yeah, try and make conversation okay. to me about Fortnite. Yeah, and I like a lot of them because they have kids. Yeah. Um, Fortnite Fortnite did merchandising in a way I, I that think, was impactful. I think maybe the difference is the Fortnite is aimed at younger audiences, whereas Among Us, it's I think just, I, it has resonated with younger audiences, but I think it is uh, broader in that. Type yeah, of that it regard. is very general in its yeah. appeal. Um, you know, it's like a quick round of werewolf that you can play with strangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could play it with your best friends. Did I, did I ever tell you about that email that I got? Did I say that on air? I can't remember. I don't. I think remember. I told you. Um, I was gardening the other day, and um, I played Among <laughs> Us like a couple of times with you guys. I think yeah, I haven't really played it much. And um, and I was I got a, a notification on my phone from uh like some random email address I'd never heard of before no subject just like a text and thing it says oh, it. Wow. hey it's abigail from among us it's like hello um, what and i replied back i'm like uh i think you've got i think you've got the wrong email address also why are you giving your email address like how are you making friends over among us if it's like a random chat right yeah. can you give out your email addresses there's text chat well there's text chat yeah so you just like okay that's interesting that's weird anyway that's wild the 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 what what are the chances of like i don't know yeah i don't know it's wow. strange yeah it's very strange anyway they were just like sorry <laughs> or something it's like one word email that's so they funny. must have they must have been a kid yeah not great but not great nope uh well probably fine um <laughs> i think like yeah i i think among us is it 
I, which I is, think yeah. so. Which is wild because that game didn't come out this year. No. Isn't it good? It's like came the, three watching, years ago. watching them get like um, multiplayer of the year and yeah. stuff like that at the Game Awards. It's like, this is so good. Yeah. So nice. This game made like 2018. It's amazing. It's it, it, four people. It really is. It really is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you know how they're going to make the sequel because like they needed the new buzz of like a new launch. And I was like, we've got this we user base. We can't. We can't throw away this <laughs> user base. Well, it wasn't even the buzz. It was like the developing for this game we made years ago. It's just let's just not made to have any expansions pack on yeah. it. Like yeah. to build on old code is not great. But like, like I mean, I'm I'm glad they they didn't go down the road of yeah. the sequel. Well, now they're like retrofitting it to be as expandable as it can. I mean, be. They, they announced that new map at the Game Awards. Yeah, yep. they announced a new map at the Game Awards. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's that's my vote. I Hades Hades is my like that's the game that everyone who knows things is, has been talking about, yeah. has been playing, which is tricky for me because I haven't Thinking played man's it this year. Game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the critical game. It's, yeah, it is. It's it's tricky because I I only played that game last year during early access, so I don't think of it this year. Like I played, it and I was like, that's fine. I'll wait till it's done. I haven't installed it. Oh, you gotta play it now. Mm. <laughs> I well, I have played it. I played like eighteen hours of it in like two weeks last yeah, year. Yeah, but the, the end wasn't in it then, was it? Nah, the end is really good. Mm. There you go. I beat it twice. Now. Great. It's hard. Shh. What? I haven't finished it. It no. can be harder. I can tell you what it, it can be harder if you want with all the modifiers. I know. I've been doing that. It's incredible. It's really good. It's great. All right. Let's um. We're going along. We're going along, everyone. Let's have a break. Maybe we'll even have some food here. Uh, we're going to have a second break. We're going to talk about uh, our best games of the year and uh, just the the doing? way we thought this year was going to go and uh, how it how it didn't go. Are we doing last of us now? Let's let's do that after the break. Okay. Yep. Um, we'll be right back. I guess. What do I do when we do, when I do that a second? We'll be right back. It goes up. <laughs> <laughs> God, you remembered that. You did that. <laughs> an hour later. It's been, yeah, it's been like yeah, like an hour and a half since we uh, since we went on our break because we needed food. Um, uh, Jerry, tell us about the question corner for this. Week. No, so uh, what we're gonna do <laughs> is, uh, before we get to our game of the year, it, I wanted to have a, a quick discussion. <laughs> so we're just picking up like we haven't <laughs> just been like watching Spider Verse for twenty minutes. Um, what I wanted to do is have a quick conversation about. Well, mine, but, you know, everyone jumping in with theirs as well. Expectations for the year and for the games that were coming out this year versus the reality. Because I feel like what we got this year was a very different experience with so many different titles than what I personally was expecting for them. Yeah. Um, for example, I did not expect... Final Fantasy VII Remake to be so high on my list this year as it was when I went to the start of this year. Having only played the PAX demo and being so unimpressed with it and then coming to it and being so wowed by it and it maybe you know, who knows? What was that? What did you say? <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like there are other examples of this as well. Like, did you guys have any thoughts just off the top of your head while, while we're starting this or... It's a quick one, and 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 it's segueing into a particular Spe- specifically point. Specifically about Final Fantasy, or just about our year as a year as a whole? Yeah, like specifically games that you thought were going to go one way and went another, in terms of how you received them. Um, and I don't just mean digitally or physically. 
I think a lot of the, like, if I look at my list of games this year that I have chosen. Don't look too long. It's a long list. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, the, the, sorry, the list of games, that, like. The oh, games. you mean you mean the, the little list? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, my, my, my refined list of games that I think are my favorite games of the year. A lot of them are not games I thought I would have put on. And yep. a lot of games that I didn't put on were ones that I thought I would have put on. Yeah. Um, for example, I wouldn't have expected to put a Half-Life game on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, nor would I expected to put uh, Spelunky, for example. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and same with your Final Like, I mean, like, uh, I was more positive on Final Fantasy VII at PAX than you were. Yeah. Um, I also coming out of Kingdom Hearts like I know what that combat is like um, I didn't expect it to be like top three for mm. me um, and it totally is um, um, I also didn't expect to have a super giant game on my list as well pretty good games though so, yeah some of them are <laughs> um, hey. So, hey. Some, some are better than hey, others law. Um, uh, <laughs> you're right Jeremy Transistor isn't as good as Pyre You're probably right about that. Um, (laughs) uh, Neither is Hades. (laughs) You're right. You're you're right. No, you're not. Um, And same with like Demon Souls. I didn't expect to connect to a FromSoft game as much as I did in Demon Souls. Um, So like, I think my list of games this year that I really, really connected with is like very surprising. Mm. Um, Well, at least if if you told me that these were the games that I would be really into. At the beginning of this year, I'd go like, what? Yeah, yeah, totally. The folks that made Pyre? <laughs> like, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> um, Another cloud game? <laughs> uh, June, did you have anything that kind of hit you differently than you thought it would? Um, I didn't really play many 2020 games this year. Was When was Mystery Dungeon announced? Was that... 2019? It was January, I'm pretty sure. It was either January or December it was announced. I didn't expect to be playing Mystery Dungeon in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect to be playing a remake of Mystery Dungeon in 2020. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about it for me, I think. Yeah. How about uh, Spidey or Animal Crossing or Doom? No, I feel like they're pretty in line. Yeah. 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 They hit you where you thought they would uh, hit you? I thought, I mean, I thought Animal Crossing would have been... I thought I would have been on Animal Crossing for longer. Mm. Um, that's not... Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's not in my top three this year. Interesting. So, Did you think it would be? Yes. I thought it would be in Yeah, as well, I thought it would not. be. Mm. I think it just dropped off too fast for me. It did drop off very quickly. It didn't feel well, right. It didn't hit. It didn't hit mm. right. In the right spot, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this is this is all sort of a conversation I wanted to have, but it also brings us to a brief segment we're going to do here, uh, which is why is The Last of Us 2 not on the top of my list or Jeremy's? Uh, we know why it's not on June's. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is the game I thought would be it. For the year. You reckon? Yeah. I mean, looking at this, you know, I had hope for Marvel's Avengers. I didn't know Miles Morales was coming out. Uh, didn't have high hopes for Final Fantasy VII. I didn't did. care for Ghost of Tsushima before I came out. Yeah. 
didn't know about Among Us, you know, bunch of random things here. And it was the one that was, it's, it's a Naughty Dog game, you know? Mm. It was one I didn't have to think about. It was like, oh, I didn't necessarily need a sequel to The Last of Us Part 1, but you know what? I trust you, Naughty Dog. And, you know, I'll go dark on the trailers because I think, well, you include a lot, too much spoilers, too many spoilers in your trailers, even though you included a fake spoiler in your trailers. Uh, but Did they? Yeah, there's a scene with, with Joel in it in a part of the game that Joel was never in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Kind of like Hulk in Infinity War yeah, in, right. the, in the trailers, how that scene never happened. Well, that was there's like- There's a trailer scene where yeah. Hulk's in- Infinity War, but they're Hulk's all never they're in all running War. like Cap and Black Panther they just took him out. Well, it no, was, no, that scene never happened. What? Like, okay. like that, that was actually because they changed the ending of that movie. Really, oh, like, okay. yeah, like they had a whole scene where he became Hulk, like cross between Banner in Infinity War. Oh, they, they were originally going to do that way early, then they cut it and oh, re- and it. that's a good idea. So some of that's in deleted scenes. Huh. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I just didn't think it was up for debate. And then, you know, stuff came out about Crunch beforehand, like about a month before it came out from Jason Schreier, of course. And, you know, I said I wouldn't be getting it on day one. And then I kind of caved and got it on day one or day two or something. And, oh. Let's <laughs> hash it out. I'm so disappointed. And, you know... I think it's one of the best stealth games ever made in terms of gameplay. I think it's, some of the, it's so robust in terms of the way you you could be running and then you could just dive and just be down. And then the, the way you can track enemies with the, with the vision and the way it keys it to your resource management and stuff like that. Like, I think it all ties together with the gameplay very well. And graphically, it is very, very good. Although it, doesn't, it didn't hit me in the same way Uncharted did. Um, I think that's partly because... Whereas Uncharted, they were trying to squeeze as much out of the one console. I know in Last of Us Part Two, they were squeezing the most out of the Pro and not necessarily the base console. Do you have a Pro? No, I just got the base one. Right. Yeah. Would you ever go back and play it on the PS5? Yes, I plan to. Right. I plan to. Don't know when. Yeah. Because every time I think about it, it makes me go... <sighs> yeah, right. But, um, you know, it's visually outstanding. Audio design is unreal. I really yeah. like some of the ideas... The I like some of the character moments, like even some of the issues I have with it are incredible. But the thing that a Naughty Dog game is meant to excel at, at traditionally, even like not even in terms of a critical response in terms of what normally happens, but in terms of just what happens for me normally with a Naughty Dog game, the story takes me away. Like I've got it. I'm in there. I'm fully bought in and I love the ride. And this just, this story is uh, forgettable. It's, it's overdone already. It's not anything new. And some people say that about the new one, but like, I don't think, I think they were telling a pretty new type of story in a well-trodden genre and there were genre tropes in there. I think the story they told was new and unique in terms of that developing father-daughter bond between people who didn't necessarily have that or have any reason to have that before they're in the situations they're in. Um and I think one of the biggest things it's like one of the biggest things that gets me with compared to the first game and the second game, the second game, all, almost all of the big emotional hits and the emotional development and development between characters happens in flashbacks. 
flashbacks to the period of time that happens between the first game and where you start the second game and where you're playing in the second game. And because all of that happens in the flashbacks and you're not earning it through gameplay, like you did in that first one, where you started to really feel it when you were learning with Ellie and when you gave Ellie the gun for the first time and she had your back and and then when you didn't have Ellie because something happened and stuff like that. Like all of that, not only was it a story that was being told to you, but you were, you were part of that. And all of the emotional moments in this game for the first act, let me say, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but for the first act, all of those emotional moments and for the main character of Ellie and Joel and their relationship together are all tell, told through uh, flashbacks, which means you do, I, don't, I don't get to experience it. I don't get to sit with Ellie's doubt and guilt and joy and sorrow and questions and processing. I don't get any of that. You just get the moments, the moments that it happens. You just get all of those and they're revealed to you at different moments throughout the game to give you the impact at the time which means that all of the emotional development during the gameplay, which takes so long, <laughs> is stagnant because Ellie's not doing any processing in the actual game. She's just angry. Yeah. Yep. What do you think, Jeremy? I think I think it makes me appreciate one a little bit more in terms of... I, like One of the hardest things you can do is, as, as like when you tell a story is tell it from front to back um, because you have to convey to some you have to convey to an audience what a character's intentions are what their motivations would be in different scenarios and then pull them off in a way that is both meaningful and rewarding towards the people that are experiencing the story mm. and engaging yeah yeah like you have to like I understand what Joel did in all of The Last of Us 1 clearly yep you know, I'm not saying I agree with all of it because I absolutely don't. But like, you you understand Joel as a character throughout that entire story, and what they sort of pull in the second one is more of instead of doing the same with Ellie, they'll just put you in the situation where Ellie's dealing with things that you don't understand. Yeah, because they don't give you the they don't give you all the information that Ellie has. And I'm not saying you need to do that, but I feel like if you want those those really intense moments to hit harder, you have to understand what the characters are going through and what their thought processes are. You can't then retroactively reframe what's happening to the character later on and and then expect to go, oh, like it, it's 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 almost unfair to an audience to say like why is my character acting like this way? Why is she doing like why is she doing that? Which is a question I was asking myself the whole time. Yeah. The whole game. And then and then show you like, oh, okay, well that makes sense now. But why couldn't I just be shown that, told that in some way or another earlier? Um as well as I really hate the world of Last of Us 2. Um more so than one. One has quiet moments of beauty, mm. um, which is like they have these really stunning moments of beauty despite the world. They yeah. have these moments like the moment with giraffes is what everybody talks about, but it's a stunning moment. There's a lot of other moments as well. Even like even moments which are a little bit grotesque, like Joel showing Ellie how to use a gun, they are nice moments of humanity. Yeah. And this game is devoid of nearly all of that. Um, in a way that is like it's not likable and it's not edgy, it's not cool. It's the Joker. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, we get it. Society bad, cool. Okay, read another fucking book. Yeah. Um, like please read another book. 
Um, and they 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 do it in such a way that is um, like it. First of all, it's it, that's it's it it is false. It is like categorically categorically false that if structures of humanity, structures of society as we know it right now, were to fail, we would end up in gangs and start killing each other. Yeah, we're not like self cannibalizing people. That's not no. what humanity is. If we were, we wouldn't have got to the place we are currently. Yep. We have progressed as a human race by sticking together and taking care of one another. And The Last of Us 2 nearly has none of that. There are there are there's two moments. I don't remember the name of the character. Um the the trans character that Abby is with a Lev. bunch. Lev. Lev and Abby's relationship I think was interesting. Yes. Um and quite good. Um, I, I, Abby's arc, I enjoyed. I I enjoy like a, a large portion of the game. It's just the framing and the direction that the, the the game takes is just not. It's not really like there's no like. I I watch a lot of movies that don't have satisfactory endings or don't or have an ending that is somewhat vague or has an ending that wants you to leave it up to your own interpretation. But this game doesn't do that. This game just sort of shows you like a sad world, tells a, a tale inside of it, and just sort of like leaves you with it. Yeah. But not in a way that is like, uh, it, it's thought provoking. It's thought provoking. But I don't sit there going, "Oh wow, that was a really awe-inspiring tale" or anything. I'm just sitting there going, "That wasn't nice." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm left with that. Um. I think the gameplay itself was some of the best Naughty Dog has ever put out, if not the best, mm-hmm. in terms of like the gunplay, like like you said, Gary, the stealth, um, the sound, the animations, all of that stuff. It's all really good. Um, I didn't like two parts of the game, however, one of them being the Rat King boss fight. Oh, I liked that one, but I did. I I, I remember you saying that you got like just beat up and killed like over and over and over when you were playing that. I, I was killed nine or ten times but there was nothing I could learn because what I was doing was right. Right. I just needed to find a way to sort of like I was just I just had to act more cautious against this Resident Evil boss which wasn't it didn't feel like it fit in the world. Yeah it was definitely very out there. I kind of appreciated it like I, I bought in with that one. I was like whoa that's wild. But, yeah. Um, It was pretty out there. Yeah. Like it, it feels like it felt less grounded than the rest of the game. Yep. It felt very video gamey. Yeah. And I'm there like with I'm there basically Claire Redfield with a fucking grenade launcher just going pop and then run and then turn around and shoot it and then run yep. and then turn around and shoot it and then run. I I didn't like that part. Um the other part that I didn't like is not not a specific part in the game, but earlier on when you first leave the town of Jackson, you go into this open world section of of a part of Seattle. Mm where there's a bunch of skyscrapers and there's a bunch of objectives and you've got like a little mini map basically. It's shout outs. It's uh, uh for those who have played Lost Legacy. It is very much like that. Very similar to the third chapter in Lost Legacy where they give you the discs and the collectibles and you can kind of do as much or as little as you want. Yeah. It, it's a, it's it's really it's really quite a nice area. Um where yeah like and there's a bunch of areas where like it's basically risk reward areas where you know you will find some good stuff in there but you know you're probably gonna get like fucked on a little bit by whatever and monsters are in there can i also point out that is where some there are some of those moments of quiet and beauty Mm. in that section some of the best moments are in that section yeah yeah it's because the story hadn't really started yet um 
And I was like, oh, wow, okay, they're really leaning into some of those lessons that they learned from Lost Legacy. They're doing some more open-world sections. They did a little bit of them in 4, but they really doubled down on them in Lost Legacy. And I was like, cool, they're really learning from that part. And then after that moment, there's not a single open-world section in the entire game. Nope. It's just linear. And don't get me wrong, that linear stuff is great, but also I don't understand what they were thinking with this open world section because that was maybe the most enjoyable part of the game. I don't know why they didn't double down on it. We know that they restarted development or like restarted a lot of development of the game uh, quite relatively soon to the release of the game. Relatively, yeah. It was yeah. like two years or something. Apparently they were reworking and rearranging a lot of the game like very, very late. Um, it's just... Like that ain't it, Chief. Nah. That that's not like it. It didn't. Um, it didn't earn its existence. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I I don't think they needed. They didn't make. I would rather of them do a new IP. Um, or even. I mean, I I don't feel like I need another Uncharted from them. Um, I feel like they've they have done the best ones that they will do. Um. I I. Me Jack Four. Uh, <laughs> no, um, don't give me Jack Four, please. God, could you imagine Druckmann's Jack Four? Jack X I. What's I? As in like Jack X, but like plus one, so Jack Eleven Roman numerals, I guess. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Yep. No. The thing that made the Last of Us One so lovely, and that made it so many people's favorite game of the last generation of the PS3, and maybe their favorite games of all time wasn't that it was a terrible world to be a part of. Because as the player, it wasn't. It was a lot to manage and it was a lot to deal with, but people came away with a positive impression at the end of it because it was about the character development and the the the, the journey you went on with the characters. I went on no journey with, with Ellie. All of that journey was done before and after the credits. Yeah. Before and after this game was set is when all of the journey, journeying and emotional development and stuff happened with Ellie. Which then meant when there was that major structure change in the middle of the game, I kind of got this like B story that was kind of ended up being better than the one I was actually interested in. And then that was over and ruined <laughs> by the end of the game. I Ultimately, the Naughty Dog games I enjoy the most are the ones that are paced the best. And this one is a drawn out, unfocused, overburdened with itself. It is so large it, it, it is it is <laughs> it is so unnecessarily large yeah, it's really bloated i yeah this game is is wrong in all the places where it needed to be right and if it had only been right in these places it would have been fine it could have stumbled or been exactly the same as the last game in every other place we're talking about graphics and gameplay and mechanics and animations and sound design, but it's not. It's just not. Cool. So, yeah, that is why The Last of Us 2 is not going to be in our lists. Now, we've spoken about two games that we don't enjoy that much for a large portion of this podcast. Ladies, let us move on to the games that we did enjoy for this year. Um, and if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening with us um, and for listening to us talk. It, it's just... Oh, so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I took no pleasure in not liking Last of Us 2. Yeah, me either. The thing that got me about it 
is when we did our last podcast here and I was sitting here and I looked across at the bookshelf and I saw, Jeremy, your last was part two sitting in the bookshelf. I saw it. And I I didn't even force it. I didn't even think about it. I just sat there and I saw it. And I just went, oh. <laughs> you know, that was, a, that was my natural response. That was my reaction to yeah. seeing that game in your shelf. I was like, oh, that game came out this year. Yeah, I, I really have no feelings or emotion towards it. Yeah. Whereas if I look at if I look at Tony Hawk Pro Skater One Plus Two, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm scarp in here. Uh, let's um. So, does anyone else have honorable mentions this year, or just the top of your list? Uh, I have a hand. F- I've got three honorable mentions, mm. but like they're, they're games I've spoken to at length on these podcasts. Yeah. I, I might as well just list them out. It's my honorable mentions are Demon Souls, Doom Eternal, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Okay. Um, yep. Also, Astro's Playroom, Half Life Alex, and Splunky Two. On your honorable mentions. Yes. That's six honorable mentions. Wow. Yes. Those the all, all, I, I all of those games are outstanding. Video I can't games. believe that Astro isn't in your top three. Uh, like it was close. That's honestly like it's top five. Yeah. Um, whether it's four or five, I'm not sure. Um. Like Astro's Playroom is so close to being in the top three. Like, yeah. like, like I said, it's the best plan- platformer I've played since Mario Odyssey. Um, which, if anyone knows how much I love Mario Odyssey, that's saying a lot. Yeah. So, it's really up there. Okay. Um, June, did you have any honorable mentions this year? No. Nah. Just your list. Yeah. How many do we have on our list, by the way? I've got three in my top three. Okay, sweet. Cool. Just making sure. Excellent. Yeah. Um, for me, my honorable mentions. I have other ones in here, like just. The games that I played, like Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel's Avengers, Miles Morales, didn't quite make it into the honorable mentions either. That's just in there. Um, games that I love and I'll go back to and I'll keep playing, um, but they don't... I don't think I'll be thinking very fondly of them when I look back at them. That's how I was trying to remember this, is when I look back, how fondly will I think of these? Yep. Um, so for my honorable mentions, I have the Deepstone Crypt raid okay. from Destiny 2. Um, I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. I recommend you go back and listen to that if you want to hear my thoughts uh, on that one. But it's such an incredible experience. Um, And I know this game didn't come out this year, but for my honorable mentions, honestly, I really, really enjoyed playing Soma. Right, yeah. um, Last month. Mm -hmm. It was so much more philosophical and thought-provoking and engaging than I was expecting a horror game to be. probably a lot, large part of that due to the fact that I'm very unfamiliar with the horror genre. But um, uh, I think that was just such an excellent time, even though I didn't finish it properly. I did have to cheat on that one, which sucked. Have you gone back and finished it yet? Not yet, because I was streaming it all. I haven't had time to stream. I'll, I, I want to. Yeah. You know, January's a bit emptier for me, so I hope to. Um, Maybe I do have an honorable mention, sorry. No, have please, you done, go have you for done it. With yours? Yeah, no, that's basically it. Um, it's not one that I... Uh, that came out this year either. But uh, Life is Strange 2, I think. Ah. I forgot that I played that this year. Right. I haven't finished it, but... I will. <laughs> and that's the... Yeah, no, that, that's it's such an interesting game to see how it's been received. Because that, that finished up right around at the end of last year, right? Uh, I think so. Because I sure. think people were trying to jam it into their end, their end of year lists last yeah. year. Um, yeah, I tried as well and I didn't get a chance to mm-hmm. jam it in mine. It's like... it's It's very depressing mm. but I think it covers a lot of important things so. mm. Mm. fair enough uh, shall we do 
What do you reckon? Do we do three, three at once, Jeremy and then me and then Ju- or whatever order, or do we do one, 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 one? We did one, 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 one last time. Yeah, sorry, let's do one, one, one. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. Are either any of yours numbered at all? Because I've just got three. I know oh. what's at the top of mine. Uh, okay. I don't know between two and three. I don't know what's the order. Yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. Oh no, I think I've got an order actually. Okay, I yeah. think about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who wants to start with number three? Uh, okay, I'll go. Okay. Final Fantasy VII remake. What? <laughs> Beg your okay, pardon. No, okay, no. Let, let, let me. Be, I don't have a one. I don't have a two and three. Okay, but I've you're got, picking a third one. Yes. Yeah. yeah like I, I have a number one. Whoa. And I have two and three. It's not your game of the year, Jeremy. It's not. Whoa! Like yeah. a month ago, it was. It was a month ago. Yeah. Please um, expand. Uh, it's got Cloud's biceps in it. <laughs> <laughs> um. No. Hello. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck! What was that guy's name? The shirtless redhead in uh, um, the, uh, Reno. Re- yeah. Re- yeah, Reno. Sh- With- Reno Shinra is that his name? Not no, not Reno. Oh, shirtless guy. Hang yeah. on. The redhead. You mean the There's one who walks one into the redhead. church? Yeah. Yeah. No, not sh- not Shinra. He's not a Shinra. No, he's a Turk. Oh right. Okay. It's just Reno. Right. Um. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Yep, I yep. thought he was one of the. No, he's not. One of the heirs. Yeah. No, that's no. just that's Rufus. Rufus. <laughs> so Reno, the guy with the red hair, walks to the church with the very deep V in his yeah. two-piece, three-piece suit. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy VII remake is a. It is a, just an outstanding, retelling of the most famous story in video games. One of absolutely. Yeah. Um. Which does some, which it's it it kind of blurs the line between remake um and sequel mm. um in ways which you should, if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, you should listen to last week's episode. Oh, before. it came up. I think it was last. Yeah, because you were talking yeah. about yeah. Kingdom Hearts at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah. No, it's either one or two episodes ago, and then also when we were talking about it. Way yeah, back way April. back when. Yeah. Um, and also Kate read Carrie's review. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it it blurs that line in a way that I really enjoyed, mm. um, and that Kerry tentatively enjoyed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think the the combat was outstanding. I never had so much fun playing a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, to the point where like I I saw an enemy and I'm like, fuck yeah, let's fight. Um, <laughs> and I I I get to get to a point in RPGs. Um, especially JRPGs where I like I get tired of the combat mm. um, and I get to like in Pokemon every time I play the first the, like my first playthrough of a Pokemon game I'll always buy a bunch of repels yep. at, at one point in, in the run because just because I want to get from A to B um, uh, or I'll do like you know like I'll, I'll flee battles and, and, and things if I, if I don't feel like I need to level up because um, yeah, you've done that combat you've done that yeah like I, I get it yeah. like I know what I'm doing this is just taking time um this is just 30 30 x rock paper scissors yeah um whereas final fantasy 7 remake is like fuck yes let's beat up some robots i just enjoyed every moment of it um the music was outstanding the story oh. the story beats were really good it was paced really well too mm. it was not short but it wasn't nearly as long as it could have been yep um i did all the side missions and for the most part they were genuinely just good like they weren't outstanding, they weren't bad, they were just good. It was good content that I was eating 
and um, I'm just, just, it's just consumption. Just like, yeah, give me more. Um, all of the stuff I was worried about the game handling, it handled quite well. Um, cloud cross-dressing at the Honeybee Inn, for example. Mm. Honeybee Inn? Yes. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff handled much better than I thought they were going to. So props to them for not doing, <laughs> props to them for not being bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Something like I really, really genuinely cared for nearly all of the characters. Um, like the like the main the main cast really stuck with me as a group of people that I want to continue their adventure um, on in Final Fantasy Remake Two. Um, the world is outstanding. Mm. It's got a really good ending too. Sort of. <laughs> Full stop. Um, if you could call that an ending, <laughs> yeah, and not the opening of. Like the the end of a prologue. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I I like I said I was really excited for this game at PAX, but then playing it, I just couldn't stop playing it. Yeah. Um. And I don't I don't often do all the side missions before I continue on to a next area, but I also think the way the game was structured was much more friendly to that because yeah. the game is set up into chapters, and so it's not this open world Final Fantasy that you'd be expecting. It's a lot more linear in that regard. And I think it lends itself to having side missions and lends itself to, to telling you a story in a much more cohesive way. A lot of the main issues of doing a story in an open world game is that you can do the main the main mission and it's like, oh my God, Shinra's going to steal all the Marco from the planet and the planet's going to die and that's bad. Hey, my cat stuck up a tree. Can you help me get it out, please? Like, like that level stuff, right? There's that really weird like dissonance between the two. But the way the game is structured is the side missions are trapped in between the chapters, and the chapters are stuck in time as well. Yeah. And so you can do those missions that feel relevant to the story at the time, while not feeling like there's this incredibly looming threat just around the corner, and you don't feel like you're wasting time as the character. Yeah. Um. So I think. I think the game does itself a giant favor in not just being another Final Fantasy open world game like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really good. Yep. It's really good, the direction, everything about it. I just, I really loved, it's like a, it's a nine and a half out of 10 for me. Mm. Yep. Plus everything Cloud is so cute together. <laughs> uh, Tifa, marry me challenge 2021. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> Do it. You won't. <laughs> uh, yes, I will I will talk to my my Final Fantasy VII remake thoughts when it comes up in my list. Cool. Um Should I go next or do you want to go next? I can go next. I, what, whatever I you don't, like. don't have that much to say about it, I don't think. Well, okay. I don't I don't know. I've spoken about it before. Also it's not I didn't uh it's another one that I didn't that didn't come out this year. Okay, but this is one that's like maybe two or three, like somewhere in there, or is, is it? This is three. I think definitely three. three. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, Disco Elysium, but oh, yeah. but, uh, I I don't really have much to say. I think I've already said most things about on other podcasts, but um, I also haven't fi- <laughs> I also haven't finished it. But I think that almost like says enough about it that it's up so high, mm. and I haven't finished the story yet. That game's also long. It's also long. I've definitely played like at least fifteen hours. Wow, yeah. still not done. Um, it's, I think in particular, um, the way it uses, uh, the dice rolling mechanic, I suppose. And, um, the, 
the RPG stuff is really cool, and it, mm. I haven't seen that in video. Like, it hasn't been done in video games like that before, from what I know. Mm. And um, the way it's written is incredible, and it really yes. resonates me to me for some reason. And uh, the art style as well. Mm. I think those three things get me. Mm. What are the name of the two characters? Sorry, Kim Kitsuragi and Spoiler. Right. Okay. Um, Disco Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> um, that fucking fan comic of like, why did you write fuck all cops on the side <laughs> of the wall? And it's like, what do you mean? And it's like, we're cops. And it's like, I want you to fuck me, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. They're very good. I love Kim a lot. Yeah. Um, really funny. And like, he's so like at the start, he's such a... He really he warms up in such a way that it's like every time that he does anything, like it'll just be like Kim smiles, and it's like oh, he smiled, <laughs> he smiled, he likes me. You know, it's like tiny things get you. Disco Elysium is so high up there on the games I want to play next. It's like yeah. I, I, it is you need to play it so I can. You always you have a way of uh, explaining things better than I can. I'm thinking those things, but I don't know how to put them into words. So I need you to play it so I can agree with you. It's going to be the nicest thing you've ever said. Um, it is taking every ounce of my strength to not play it now. They're coming out with like voice yeah, actors. Why don't you wait? Yeah, wait until that comes I know, out. but it's so hard. Also, I, I, I find I about I've that. I've got it. About, about that, them voicing everything. I yes. think because it's written in in it's written quite prolifically and yes. i think that it's uh when the the, the full dialogues that, that is voiced completely it's quite slow because it needs to be slow so you can understand it but yeah. like uh it really takes me not takes me out but like i find that i need to like look somewhere else so i'm not reading ahead and like confusing myself while they're talking to me at the right, same time yeah. so i think that it would become even an even longer game if you had to sit there and listen to it. If I had to sit oh, there, oh yeah, to no, it. totally. I wonder if you totally. can turn off voiceovers for everything. I but think, that doesn't I make. Think I don't would... want to turn it off for everything. I just want to turn it off for like not all conversations. You know, like I listen to like sometimes when you talk to someone, they'll say one thing, and then the conversation will continue non-voiced. Yes. And I, I think that's just so you get like a, a uh, how they sound in your head. You know, yeah, what sort of person they are based on that. But um, and then you can read the rest at your own pace. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Am I gonna get it? I don't know. Yeah. What you're not? What you're saying you're not gonna get it on Switch? I'm gonna get it on Switch. You're gonna get it on Switch. I'm gonna get it on Switch. <laughs> you're gonna spend forty dollars to buy it again. Yeah, on Switch. yeah. And I want to buy the vinyl. Oh. Yeah, that that pack looked really <laughs> nice. I also appreciate the developers when they won an award at the Game Awards last year. They were on stage thanking Marks and Angles. <laughs> <laughs> Good on them. Good on them. <laughs> yep. That's number three for me, I think. Cool. That's cool. I, I like that it's had such a nice legacy. Mm. I really do need to give it a go. Um, it, it's a book. Yeah. Like, it's a game, but, like, it's a book. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's also, like, quite quite heavy. It's the fucking theme, dense. The themes are quite heavy. It's dense. It's a, it's very political, and, like, I'm not the sort of person that uh, understand politics stuff right. as well as, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I don't, I don't care enough about it like politics stuff to look into it and read more about it but like like in real life yeah in real life (laughs) in real life i mean and it's very political Mm. um and there's a you know politics words and stuff it's like i don't know what this means but like tell me more tell me more (laughs) yeah i don't know 
I can't wait to read your article in five years of how Disco Elysium radicalized me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marks and Engels. Um, my number three, which is like maybe two or maybe three. No, I, I, I think this is three. Yep. Animal Crossing. Okay. New mm-hmm. Horizons. Okay. You um, played it more than any of us, I think, probably. I think I did, You played actually. it a, a lot after I stopped playing it. Yeah, like, mm. I played it a lot for about a month. Right. I was playing every day for for three or four weeks at least and then tape it off for a couple of weeks and then basically haven't... I've, I've touched it, like, twice since then. Um, it... <sighs> It's so strange, right? Because we were talking about how it, you know, we've said multiple times this podcast, how it hit at the, at the right time and it was really hyped, but then also we went into lockdown. A bunch of people were playing it. But this is my only Animal Crossing game that I've played. Yeah. And so because of that, I don't have the baggage of having really enjoyed New Leaf. I, I see footage of New Leaf on YouTube and I'm like, oh my God, it's a 3DS image on a 1080p screen and it looks like Garbo. Um <laughs> And more than that, it's like, you know, limited field of view. I, I really like the just the fidelity of this game in comparison to what you see in older Animal Crossing games. Yeah. Um, but I guess it was, it was strange. When I fell off Animal Crossing was when I was overwhelmed with my own personal life, right? Mm. Because I felt I needed to take care of... Uh, Need to make sure I was doing the dishes and had enough food to do dinner and then cook dinner and then make sure we were getting washing done and then you know a lot of the times like like clothes washing and a lot of the times we've we we'd sometimes look after cats in our laundry and so we have to kind of juggle that. Do I go over back to mum's to do that? And it's like, oh no, it's COVID. I can't do that. And um, when all of that was ramping up, as it was for Sam and I in May leading up to June, um, Animal Crossing became much more difficult for me to enjoy because I, I would like come home from work and I'd sit down and I'd turn it on and I'd be like, oh, I got to go take all the fruit off the trees and I got to go smack all these rocks and I got to go chop down some wood because my axe is going to break while I'm midway through like getting these rocks and then I got to catch some bugs that I see along the way and then my inventory is going to be full and I got to make sure I sell before 10 p.m. Like all of that stuff when I was already overloaded was like, I'm not going to turn this on and do more housework. Yeah. <laughs> However... In those first few weeks when I was all in and buying new clothes every time once the Able Sisters opened up or even when they were traveling and then they were, they were just the little um, the tent in the, in the central yard um, and seeing what items were available and, and upgrading my house and making a music room. And, um, and I, one, of the, one of my best memories with it, it was I made a, a, like an outside pizza garden uh, with like this little this fenced area and there's a big fire pit in the middle and seats all around the outside. And it's like, it's just whatever seats I had. So it's a couple of log stools and a stone stool and like a desk chair <laughs> and, and a pizza oven in the side. And the pizza oven is just always on and the fires are always on. I'll turn them off. It's nighttime. Sometimes it's like my nightly rituals. I'll turn off all the fires and the lights before I go to sleep mm-hmm. slash that, turn off the switch. Um, and then I had a bunch of people over from work and we had a, we had a pizza party and everyone brought their ocarinas and we moved all the chairs in a row and sat together and made this ocarina train of just everyone going, Doo! <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so cute and so nice. One of the funniest memories I have was, I don't remember, I don't remember if I was there that day. I don't think I was. The pizza day? Yeah. I don't think you were there. There was, there was another day where we all played from work as well. Yeah. And I went to one of my coworkers' towns 
and I just stood at the end, like at the end of her river, and I just got out my my watering can, and I just started <laughs> pouring water into the river. And she comes up to me. She goes, "Jeremy, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Flood," <laughs> with like a happy face. <laughs> that's terrifying (laughs) i think i told the story on the pod at the time but there was another time i went to another co-workers island um and we were all giving each other like our fruits it was early enough that we like we didn't all have all the fruits yet um and we were like (laughs) someone dropped a a couple of like different fruits i don't know and then jackson and i like like we were just standing by one of them and then we just stood there for a moment. And then wordlessly, we were like both picked up what we were standing by and then sprinted in the other direction, which was like, we like picked up the things that like we weren't meant to swap and we just ran away. <laughs> it's like when two babies accidentally get really close to the playground and they're like, ah, uh, and they just <laughs> run. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's really, it's really wonderful. The, the soundtrack is great. I, I have heard, you know, not quite as special as the New Leaf soundtrack perhaps. But Into the, the mic, buddy. What's that? Into the mic. Oh, sorry. Um, have it, yeah, not quite as special as the New Leaf soundtrack, perhaps. Um, but for somebody who doesn't know it, it was really lovely. And um, I think the the realization for that for me was when I watched a stream of it the other day, and I heard the music like it was like the it was the 10 p.m. music, which I heard pretty frequently. And I was like, "Fuck, I love this game." <laughs> I forgot. I, I I felt the same with the Game Awards when they started going through the different. Um, games soundtracks yeah, that were nominated, the oh. and then like the Animal Crossing music and then the Hades music. I was like, oh fuck, I forgot these games. Soundtracks are so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Eddie Vedder played the Last of Us song, and I felt nothing. <laughs> 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 I felt no emotion. Apart from what the fuck is Eddie Vedder doing? Here? Yeah. <laughs> and then the last, the last thing is just that um, uh, when I, I, I spent, I think I've spent about an hour total. And it was interesting because it's it's one of the last things I've done in that game. So, relative to how much time I've put into it, I, like that's quite a lot. But I spent about an hour total in my house, in my music room, turning on the radio. And then with all my instruments, I got a grand piano in the corner, and I got drum kit, and I got the tambourine. I put the ocarina down so you could play it on the floor. And there's a microphone stand there for the looks, and uh, there's a metronome there if I want it, just to like set the room. But the way the music plays when the radio is on, it like plays to the music that's on. Like it goes to the same key, the right key. And I would just, I would actually just sit there and play music along to the radio in Animal Crossing. Even though all I was doing was pressing A on an instrument at like rhythmically. That's cute. It was so weird. I like, I, I've, I, studied music <laughs> and I never did that in my own time. <laughs> but I would do it in Animal Crossing because it was. I mean, it was easy and playing music wasn't easy, right? Playing actual music, I found it quite difficult. But it was almost like I could I could improvise easier in Animal Crossing than I could in real life. It was just this 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 removal of barricades for me, mental and otherwise, mm. that I could just engage with whenever I wanted. It was low key, less low pressure and I, I don't know. It's so nice. Good. So nice. Yeah. Yep. I, I have I have good feelings. I have good memories of that game as Me well. Me too. Mm. Good game. It it did what I wanted to, it to do in the first week, and that was like the hype around it mm. and everyone playing it at the same time and everyone mm. talking about it and building their museums. Yeah, and, and things not everyone not sort of not knowing how to do things the best way yeah. and like how things were gonna play like pan out. I guess people time skipped pretty 
early on, but like yeah, but not not the majority of people, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I and you know, like you'd go out to and see friends, and everyone would have the switch with them and be playing Animal Crossing. Like that's exactly what I wanted because that's exactly how New Leaf went. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Except New, I feel like New Leaf that lasted that feeling lasted a lot longer. Yeah, like I think months. I think, months. And there wasn't as much connectivity around all of that stuff yeah. back then. Like, I think it being on an island it sort of fits with the rest of the world now yeah. in terms of it's more open and you can just like go to another island whereas another town is like you don't just find another town but that's you know you don't think that you don't think about it like that yeah no no but what what I'm, what I'm saying is like the, like it being an island sort of matches with the way games are as a like things are more open now you can just go to someone else's town like town as an island and have a look around and stuff whereas like um New Leaf, like you know, you like what, like a village has walls. Yeah, like like yeah. Th- like thematically, you've got these walls around you, and the only way in or out is with a train. And you don't go to someone else's, uh, you don't go to a town that's got a train stop unless you know you're going there. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like uh, it makes more sense to accidentally stumble upon an island, mm. in a way, which obviously it doesn't make sense, but like thematically, it sort of fits a little bit better. Mm. Um, in terms of what gaming culture was back in 2013 compared to now. Totally. And I mean, something else to remember, April was pandemic time and everyone went hard. Everyone went so hard because all you could do was go to work, go to the shops. That was it. Play Animal Crossing. Yep. I I wrote an article about that. Yep. (laughs) It was was my one, it helped me keep a routine for a, a a long period of that. Early lockdown stage. Yeah, that was the only thing that was like, yeah, I'll get up at ten so I can do all this stuff. Because otherwise, like, I was like, well, what am I bother getting up? It's the middle of a lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was great. It helped immensely with a lot of that stuff. Mm. I wonder if uh, it it would have stayed relevant longer if it had more of a multiplayer. You know how in New Leaf you could go to the islands and play mini games and stuff. They yeah, never yeah. included that in New Horizons. They did eventually. They had like the maze islands. Did they? Yeah. There's okay. a thing you can do after everyone stopped. Did you playing. ever get the timer? Mm, maybe. I don't remember. If you what you could do is you you use the timer. It's an item, and then you can use it set a period of time. Yeah. And then it tracks everyone on your island's number of fish and bugs that they've caught. Uh, okay, so that was basically yeah, but it's did. it's like player set. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, but like, there was also like there was like a maze island, which okay. which was ran by I don't remember which villager mm. ran it, but it was like it was like a little mini game. I never got. Oh, that, that came out played. later. That was an update. Yeah, yeah. I never right. Played. I haven't played any of the updates, to be honest. Um, oh, the and that was the other thing. The Easter update fucking sucked. Oh my God, it was yeah, the worst was update. Really so many eggs. Just I. <laughs> oh God, an, an really, abundance of eggs with that scary like, bunny. I can't yeah. catch an egg with a fish hook. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I really yeah I'm not sure more from it. I I think. If we, if there wasn't a, I, I wonder. I think people were just happier to play it. I think during a pandemic, yeah. I reckon, I I reckon the its its lifespan, which I'm, it's obviously not, but I'm gonna say it's over at this point. Yeah, um, I think it, it was over months ago. Like like in terms of like it's 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 in terms never, of the zeitgeist, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it's it does it's not games don't last that long in that. Um, and it, it's it's ran that course. Mm. Um, I think probably the length of time was about the same. That it would have gone if it was in a, if it was outside a pandemic, but I think people were just happier to have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This year more than most, which yeah, I think absolutely. was good. Mm. What's your number two, Germany? 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Hades. It's not your number one. Oh, we all know what number one is. Oh, now right? I figured it out. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about number two. Hades. <laughs> it's a video game by Supergiant. Oh, what do they make? What? They make Bastion. <laughs> 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 they made Bastion. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> no, why are you so surprised that they uh, that they came out with another good one? Yeah. It's been nine years since it's they came out with anything. It's been nine years since they made a game. <laughs> um, I miss you, Pyre. Uh, so Bastion is a roguelike um, where you play as a man named Zagreus, who is the son of Hades, and you want to escape from the underworld. Yep. That's all I'm going to say on the story. Yeah. You find out why. Lots of Greek gods and myths and... Yeah. It's a really great roguelike where you collect different abilities and the different abilities correspond in... Like, you are gifted different abilities by other gods who have a vested interest in you escaping from the underworld. Mostly because Greek gods are kind of shits and hate each other. Mm. And they kind of... For the most part, the only reason I think they really want to help you is just to spite Hades. Yeah. Um, and that's funny. And they're all really good and really hot. But also a lot of them are like your uncle or like your aunt. And so it's kind of like, yeah, like yeah. a cool uncle being like, ah, you know, let's go stick it to your dad a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, it's 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 Uncle uh, it's Uncle Zeus. What's he got? He's going to give me some lightning theme powers. I'm going to choose this one. And like, oh, look, here, here's Auntie, uh, Auntie Athena. Mm. What, what is she going to ask? She's saying, oh, look. She's saying, well, she, they'll look at your inventory and say, oh, look, Zeus has been here. Oh, my blasted brother's gotten here before I have, <laughs> has he? Well, how about this instead? And they'll, they'll give you some powers. <laughs> they're all fighting over you. Yeah, they're all, they're all like, they're all narcissists and it's very funny. Um, I think that there, there are a few reasons why I really love that, really, really love Hades. Because um, I didn't expect to love it as much as I think I did. Um, but once I, once I pick it up, I play for hours. Um, I will go it's run after really one. It's really hard to stop. It's wow. really, really hard to stop. Um, the only time I was like, ah, cool, is like the, the two two or three runs that I finished. Mm. Um, where I was like, oh, thank God, I, I, I finished a run. I can put it down for a oh, little Oh, man, bit. when you get some roguelikes, when they actually get a run going, like Spelunky is like this. Like a full yeah. Spelunky run is like 45 minutes or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like I think Hades was getting around that time as well. Yeah. Um, Hades, it's, it's much harder to die earlier. Whereas Belunky, you can just accidentally die. Um, where, so much. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, it's, yeah, in Spelunky, you can accidentally die. Um, the the world design, th- this this interpretation of the Greek gods is really fascinating. Um, they do a really great job at creating this really diverse looking and feeling cast of characters who you don't ever directly interact with. Because uh, look, the way they give you the powers, they basically like gift you something, but they can never, they never directly gift it to you. They basically place it there for you to find mm. um, in the in the lore of the story. So you don't have a conversation with Hades. You will receive a message from the gods, which is also presented with a gift, and there'll be like a line of dialogue where the, the they'll say their their little their little bit, and then Zagreus will react to it, but he knows he's not actually talking to the great gods. And so there's this really great moment where the characters can be the most insane versions of themselves. They can be their most their most godly, benevolent, benevolent versions of themselves that they can be. Mm. 
when really all the, all they're really doing is sort of is like watching you fight. <laughs> um, like you're basically entertainment to them. Um, and Zagreus doesn't really care whether or not you are or not. He yeah. just wants the ability to leave. Um, and so th- their 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 adaptations of themselves is so fun because they're so exaggerated, and their designs are so wicked and cool and extreme like they look like renaissance paintings almost yeah the the design as is typical for super giant are wild they're so good yeah like this really high quality character 2d art which is just like they're basically impossible drawings and it's consistent among bosses enemies architecture items Mm -hmm. item items items why did i say that more than once i don't know (laughs) um it's consistent yeah, it's it, it's incredibly consistent, and like the, the there's also like a really great level of cohesion from when you pick up some items, they will they will react to the items you've picked up when you've made when you've hit specific story beats. A lot of characters will react to the story beats you've just gone through, and then they'll react to their reactions, and they they ha- they tell a really great story, even though for the most part Zagreus is only talking to anybody that's in the underworld and any of the bosses that he's fighting on his way up. Yeah. Um, it's it's really really great. Um, the the com- the 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 combat and the gameplay are really really is really really good too. There's different weapons and they all feel really different. They feel like drastically different playstyles. Um, Absolutely. Uh, like the the shield is really great. The the bow and arrow is really good as well. And gun. And, yeah, there's the gun, the spear, spear. Um, it's just a memory test for me now. The gloves. <laughs> I don't know if I used the gloves. And the I'm sword. using the gloves at the moment. The, the gloves are really yeah. good. They're really fun. Um, but that's one of the best parts of a roguelike, right, is learning how each drastically different thing can be very unique mm. and have its own interesting drawbacks and things that interact with different things differently. Like you may want a water build for those heavier hitting weapons yeah. because they push things further back and then you can slam them into spikes more often and the, the bomb traps. Yeah. And and on top of that, you can then have different variations of the weapons as well. Oh, that's right. Where you can have like, uh, for example, there's a regular bow and arrow that its main attack is to draw back and shoot an arrow, and its special attack is to shoot like five arrows in like a in like a range, basically. Um, whereas there's like a different variation of it where like any enemy that you hit with your bow and arrow will get a target on them, and the special attack. When you shoot the five arrows, those five arrows will then home in on the enemy that you've just targeted, um, and you do like it changes up the way you play. It's really, really fascinating. Um, the music is great, obviously. Dan- Daniel Corb, Darren, Darren Corb, really great, great voice acting too. Mm. All the like from beginning to end, just really top notch deliveries. Um, yeah, just fucking great. It's really good. Really like it. <laughs> <laughs> they're all really hot. They're all they're all they're all so hot. Even like fucking Hades. Even Hades. Big man. He takes off his coat and he's just fucking ripped. <laughs> he's just like a fucking tank man. Are you giving this a score out of ten like you do with Final Fantasy? Well, it's got it has to literally be has higher to. than nine point five. Exactly. No other option. It could be nine point five. It could be a 9.5. Yeah, 3 and 2. Like I said, I don't know if it... Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. That's fine. Fine. I think all three of my games are 9.5 this year. Oh, what? <laughs> what? 
Turns out uh, number scoring is completely arbitrary and yeah. really, really uh, <laughs> <laughs> restrictive. <laughs> Adrian, what's your number two? Um, what was my number two? Frog Detective. Oh. Oh, really? Did you have I, this in your list last year? I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember either. Neither. I can go back, actually. Yeah, check while I Wait, no, I can't. It. it was in a doc that we change every week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Damn it. I mean, you know... I did want to save those for a while, but you're like, nah, it's fine. I can go back to changes. I don't want a dock every week. That sucks. There'd be so many docks. We could save a, an old copy, though, before we change it. Yeah. So we've got it to like, maybe, we maybe should look start back doing on. That. Are you okay? What? <laughs> Are you fine? I don't want a dock every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway. Kids, don't Google docking. <laughs> um... For Frog detective, detective, I think one and two. Yes, I, I if I had to choose two, but um, both as a collective, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I this year for me, I really struggled to play video games in general um, because of work, I guess, and because I don't know, being in a lockdown is depressing. Yeah, and so like no kidding. Uh, things that are fun aren't fun anymore. But um, I think Frog Detective was such a perfect length to begin with, and like just like a jet, like a you know a small hit of like mm. everything good. It's like at a once. dose, yeah, right. Um, and I don't know. We we if you haven't played it, we have the games for this podcast where we talked about both. But um. I don't know. That game's really funny. Mm. And I think it, I needed it at the time, uh, even though it took us like a year to play it after Jeremy played it. But it's sweet and funny. Mm-hmm. And, and there so, he is. And there he is. <gasps> I look at him. The wall. There's a fog detective looking down on us <laughs> as we record. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it just, the humor is so specifically this generation. Yeah. It's just, it just, works for me. June, you were showing us your new tattoo earlier. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is so frog detective. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny because um, when Jeremy was pitching it to you, he's just like, you're just going to love this game. He's yeah. like, don't even look it up or anything. It was just like, it's, this is a June it's game. Written, it's written for me. Specifically it's written. For it's written for this generation of, of people on the internet. It's so absurd. But yeah. <laughs> It, it's so full of heart as well, I think, with its humor. Like, it, its humor lands, I think, because everybody kind of genuinely cares in that game <laughs> yeah. in their own way. It's, it's, it's excellent. It's just outstanding. It's also, it's full of, it's full of people who could, like, they, 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 tra- they straddle the line between being incredibly insensitive and rude and also incredibly thoughtful and sweet. Yeah. But, like, between sentences. Like, yes. it's, it's, out- it's so silly. Like, Frog Detective, are you familiar with the concept of blackmail? <laughs> <laughs> extortion. Extortion wasn't extortion. Oh, extortion. I don't remember. I, one or the other. One of the, the same. I don't know. Yeah. I like to sing at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the fucking picture of the real life dog <laughs> got me the best. Noddy. 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 Anyway, number two. Number me, two. I think. What about you, Carrie? My number two, I've spoken about it quite a number of times actually thinking about it uh, in the last three months. 
is the Spelunkies. And I say Spelunkies not as a funny way of saying Spelunky, but I say Spelunkies <laughs> as a way of saying both Spelunky 1 and 2. Okay. Uh because when Spelunky 2 had come out on PS4, but it wasn't on PC yet, we were all... Well, Byron and Ollie were very ready for it. And they were very keen. And so they were doing the dailies of the originals. And, you know, we spoke about this at the time, but we were doing all the dailies together and we were all watching. Yeah. I... I that... I will think so fondly of that time. I think for the rest of my life, you know. Maybe I'll forget. But for right now, it's it's one of the... <laughs> you know, I can't tell if I'm going to forget or not. But right now, thinking about it right now, I'm like, what a, what a special like month or so that we were doing. Oh, not even. It was like two weeks. You know, watching as someone would like do a warm-up and then just absolutely fuck up in the... In the in the first room, just even after having a, a just a banging warm up run, like yesterday, I did a daily run in Spelunky two after doing a warm up, and my warm up was great. And then I did the I did the, <laughs> I did the daily, and I got I got three bars of gold, fell down a hole, rolled over by a lizard, and bitten by a bat, and I was dead. <laughs> I got fifteen hundred gold on one one in ten seconds, and it was just over. <laughs> but like. <laughs> the the thing about that game and the thing about uh not just the first game but then the second game was that sharing it all together and discovering what made that game special when I couldn't do it on my own discovering it with friends I think it was so it was so incredible um got to got to share with everyone that that ex- that discovery and that exploration even though Ollie had seen it and Byron had seen it. You know, I'll, I'll never get tired of listening to Ollie just do that deep, proper belly laugh yeah. whenever something just hilarious happens, which is frequently. Yes. Uh, it's just so fun. It, and the multiplayer, obviously, that we spoke about earlier today, you know, I, I won't go over that again. Um, and then rediscovering all of the all of the secrets in, in two and sharing that all together. Um, Byron, I'm so, sorry for spoiling things every now and then accidentally and Ollie and Jeremy. Uh, but... It's a special time, I think. Much like Animal Crossing was special at the time it came out, I think Spelunky has been very special at the time that this came out because this one came out in the middle of our second lockdown <laughs> where we couldn't see yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, and I felt very fortunate where I where we haven't had to... Uh, you know, we've, we've like, like the three of us have been doing this every couple of weeks all year and, you know, hanging out on Discord and playing games. You know, we went back to Sea of Thieves this year and... Spelunky is another one of those moments, just this one of the, these crystalline moments of uh, of coming together and spending time together and laughing together. Um, that I don't think we could have been able to do with any other game this year. So, Spelunky's. Hey, Jeremy. Spelunky's really good. Tell me about Umarangi Generation. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. I shouldn't have opened a, opened a message the moment that you asked me a question. Um, Umarangi Generation Netflix. is my game of the year. <laughs> um, I really like it's not a latecomer because it came out in like May or something. Oh, fuck. Um, it is late to me because I didn't. It was one of my games. Where I was like, okay, this is one of the games I need to play before the end of the year in case it might be in my top 10 game of the year. What do you know? Went to the top. Um, Oh, makes me sad I haven't played it yet. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's one of those games that I literally cannot stop thinking about since I finished it. Um, 
it's it's it is a game that knows is exactly what it is um which is if you're not familiar it is a photography game um set at the end of the world um and you are basically just there to bear witness in a way that is really stunning and not sad oh um you know that sorry i just have to interrupt because yeah. i remember when you described to me out of wilds yes and I, you know we're making this uh, yeah, no. uh comparison already <laughs> um but you remember when you were describing out of wilds and it was like this world is gone like is destroyed every 24 minutes different sort of no i know yeah. but you were like i i heard that and i'm like that sounds so awful yeah. and you're like it's not yeah. <laughs> and i'm like what do you mean yeah Sorry, and, and, and it wasn't. No, wasn't. it wasn't. Yeah. You're right. Um, like Umarangi Generation, uh, it's 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 set in a self-described shitty dystopian future. <laughs> um, set in New Zealand, um, and you go around and take photos of things, and you have objectives of things that you need to take photos of. And once you get all the photos of the things that you need to take photos of, you get to a point, and then the level ends. And that sounds really basic. But what the game really is, is about exploring spaces and about exploring ex- ex- exploring this world in a way that you get to change your perspective of what the world is or what's actually in the world um, in a way that you learn as being a photographer, which is, I think is a fantastic vice um, for that style of storytelling would um, you would you say it's a fantastic lens yeah. i wouldn't say that not because it's not true but because i wouldn't say those words <laughs> um like like a, a lot of a lot of a lot of the time in this game you'll be like you'll be looking for these objectives and you'll do like you sort of miss something um you'll miss what the world is showing you and then you'll come back later because you're 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 still exploring this space trying to find other objectives but you then you'll notice what the scenarios of the world actually are and the scenarios of the world are incredibly deep and incredibly intelligently written i think is an odd way to describe it because there's no there's no written dialogue really but it's it's, it's still written um I don't know. It's it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain this game without going into spoilers. Um, which we're going to do a game spoilers on, so I'm not next. going to. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's the next episode of Game Spoilers podcast. Um, they just do a really great job at showing you a world from multiple perspectives, in a way that you come out of the game feeling more exposed to this world. Um, and the importance the important parts of this world. Um, I'll leave it at that for the main game. Um, there is DLC that came out as well uh, called Umurangi Generation Macro. Um, that DLC is one of the most incredible pieces of DLC that I've ever played. Wow. It's, it's very short. Where was it when we were doing our DLC question a couple of weeks ago? I literally thought that exact same moment, <laughs> that, like the exact same thing, I, the moment I finished the DLC. Wow. Um like there were multiple times where I like finished level and I was like, whoa, like I was sitting there in my chair going, holy shit. I can't believe what I just fucking saw. Right. Um, 
it's extraordinarily this year. It's extraordinarily contemporary. Um, I, I I wonder how much of it will get missed almost if you play this game next year. Like like not as in like in January next year, but I mean if you play that game in a year, play it in two years. I don't know. A, a lot of it will still fit because a lot of it will be in our minds. But there's going to be uh, like it, it is incredibly contemporary. Um, it it feels very very special and it's obviously been very well thought out um and the dlc just really hammers home different ways you can tell a story in video games wow um and the music is like lo-fi ps1 fucking beats that is sick they're not like they're like lo-fi lo-fi but they're like really sick samples of ps1 sounds and Mm. it fucking rips um it's really fucking good jeremy showed us before it was like oh um yeah boomerang generation is my game of the year um everyone should go play that game wow hot damn hot damn June, what's the game of the year? Let's go back to 2016. Was it okay. 2016? Final Fantasy 15? No. Yeah. <laughs> you can say Final Fantasy 15? No. <laughs> I didn't play that this year. Don't no, worry. I think, so. I think I know what June is. No, it's not. Um, Let's pretend that I played this. Let's pretend that it's 2016 and oh, I'm putting I know this on my is. game of the year list in 2016 and not 2020. Yeah. Um, we were doing podcasts in 2016. No. We only just met. Yeah. I remember people talking yeah. about this game in class and me thinking, fuck off. Stop <laughs> fucking talking about it. I'm sick of it. Um, I, at the start of this year, I got really into Uncharted for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't think it was that. I did. What did you think it was? Doom. Oh. <laughs> <Or> 2016. <laughs> okay. Um, not quite. <laughs> Do you remember when everyone took a day off when yeah, Uncharted came out like, at school? Shut up. <laughs> These assholes that made fucking Last of Us making another garbage game. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hate this game and buy it four times. <laughs> <sighs> so. um, why did I get really into Uncharted 4? What was it? Why did I go out? Why? So We were talking about it on a podcast for some reason. And even though we've talked about it on many podcasts in the past, why was it this podcast? I was replaying through Uncharted while Sam was recovering from a procedure. Yeah. And I spoke about how Uncharted 4 still hits so hard. Yeah. Um, even after knowing the ending mm. and even after going away for so long, especially after having, because I played through the trilogy before that as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think Jeremy and I just gushed about it for 20 minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard you gush about it for 20 minutes straight for the past four years. So I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what it was. Um, so I went and bought an accidental second copy of Uncharted 4. <laughs> Because <laughs> I already had one in my cupboard that I uh, glossed over, and um, and I got really into Uncharted, and uh, it was all I could think about it for like a month solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you replayed Lost Legacy, and then I replayed Lost Legacy, and then I replayed half of Uncharted Four again, and then I replayed, and then I played number one, and then I played number two, but I had finished two, mm. and then I sort of dropped off. But um. It's a lot of Uncharted. It's a lot of Uncharted in like a, a like it was a solid month. It like really it was. It was like a very condensed period of time. It was multiple game. It was multiple mini map casts. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if I have anything to say about it, actually. No, what I do just, you have to like, say I, about it? I don't it? know. That game is really good. The story is really good. Uh, the characters are really good. I like um, Sam. 
and, that, <laughs> and that's been your issue with going back to the older ones, right? Is that yeah. he's, he's not even a, a twinkle in uh, Amy Hennig or Neil Druckmann's eye. Yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is sad. And I think that's why I like I like Lost Legacy a lot as well because Sam's in it too. But um, I don't know. I just think that the the dynamic is good and the story in four is great mm-hmm. and I like the pirate stuff. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just like it's just like meaty. And <laughs> yeah, Sam is meaty. Yeah, he is. He could be meatier. He could be. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think it was just like a weird time of my life. Yeah, just like hit like you at the weird, right moment. Like, or? Yeah, that, not even. I think it was just like a strange one month period where I just got really into it and I don't think I'm going to forget that. Yeah. So. What do you think it was about four specifically? It looked good. And it does look really good. It looks really good. And I liked the flashbacks. I don't know. I just really like, I, I really like, Nate and Sam, yeah, as characters, and I don't know, they're yeah. good. That that moment where, I mean, there's so many moments, but like obviously the moment where like Elena busts them, and just the those the the raw emotional moments in that game, yeah, are so well delivered, yeah, it's outrageous. And then when when the the twist is revealed in terms of Sam's motivations. And it's like I, I I threw my life away for yeah. you. Yeah. And then he, like Sam still like takes a bullet for him. Yeah. And oh. And then and then the it's elevator ride up with Elena. Yeah. All oh of that. God. All of that last section with Elena. Oh my god. That elevator scene fucking does my head in every single time. It's so excellent and that, heartbreaking. It really is. That elevator scene. Um. When I played it the first time, came relatively like a number of months. After Sam and I had what you could describe as somewhat of a rough patch in terms of we had like this sort of fundamental difference of opinion that we struggled to get past for a while. And it was very difficult for us. Um, And seeing that, seeing in that one moment their years of love and hurt and miscommunication and fun and regret in a matter of seconds it it is so incredibly well done and then it's met with that moment right afterwards of just the soundtrack just a drive through looking at incredible viewscapes landscapes of waterfalls and jungle trees and this gorgeous moment ah it's it yeah. That game that game is fantastic. Would you say it's flawless? No, it's too long. It is a too little long? too long. Mm. Not I in like a, not in a Last of Us Part Two kind of way where I would cut half of that game out, mm. but less than ten percent I would cut. It it just needs like little trims. A little trim. Just like just like nips. Just like interesting. So, so. Interesting. How's it going? So, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not upset that it's as long as it is either. Yeah, like I wouldn't complain about more. Yeah, you know, you know. I know. Anyway, 
we can uh, we can go back to the present. It's 2020 again. Carrie, what's your number one? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Um, I think I think we're talking a lot in this discussion about moments. Um, I know I am with both of mine. Um, and sort of the way you're talking about Uncharted just then, and and Umarangi's exclusively moments. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Umarangi Generation is an exclusively moment-driven video game. There you go. You'll understand what I mean when you play it. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake hit me at a time, again, April, pandemic, blah, blah, blah. I won't hop on about it. But in terms of how I was feeling, I had a number of days off to play this game. We had it early in Australia. We got it April 1st instead of April 10th with the rest of the world. Yep. And it gave me this weird sort of kick up the bum. Well, even before that, actually, I played the demo. They released a demo like the month before. Yeah. And I played it. I was like, I, I guess I'll download it and play it. I didn't enjoy it the first time. It's a bit going to be the same demo, but whatever. And I played through it. And even although I'd done that gameplay before at PAX and I hadn't enjoyed it, you know, listening to it with the, with the sound, uh, with the English speaking, rather, <laughs> listening to it in English rather than in Japanese and having to read the subtitles while playing the game, which kind of broke me a little bit. And playing the whole chapter rather than just the inside the marker reactor. Uh, I got to the end and I was like, fuck, I want to play more of this. Am I about to restart this one hour demo and play more or am I going to wait? I'm going I'm to wait. Does that mean I'm going to buy this game? <laughs> anyway, I bought this game, right? And I bought it early <laughs> and I kind of had this, this feeling of like, oh, this is a cool game that I really want to get involved in and I, we, we've got it early. Maybe it, this is, I could pretend like we got it early for review copy, right? And I, we, maybe I could write a review, get it done and get it finished for a, for a timely review out on the site. That would be really cool. Anyway, the embargo went up for the game. Well, press already had it like two weeks before we did and the embargo went up like three days later and I'm like, oh well. But it still had me, it gave me enough of a, I followed through on that. What that meant for me though was that I was playing this game three to six hours a day, this single player game. And I, I, haven't, I haven't sunk that deep into a single player game in so long. So, so long. I can't even remember the last time it was. And like it was to the point, you know, Sam was doing this this other project at the same time and needed the study. And we didn't have uh, my projector yet, although we got that while I was playing this, which was cool. So I could play this at the end half of it on the projector. But when Sam needed the study and I needed to keep playing the game, what I would do is I would take my computer monitor, I'd unplug it from my computer, take the power cable, take the whole thing. I'd go to my bed. And I'd plug it in at the end of my bed and just sit at the foot of my bed and try not to wobble it too much because it's on a bed. And then plug in the PlayStation and tuck that in under my bed and then get into my bed (laughs) and play more hours of this game except in bed. (laughs) And it was fucking great. It was so good. Like, I just kept playing this game and I sat there and I was like, man, I feel kind of glum in this weird way. You know, world's going to shit. I can't see my family. You know, something, something works really hard because, you know, we have to keep going to work. But also, is it COVID safe? I don't know even what is a COVID and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I could just sink away into this world, into this time, into this moment. And I think Jeremy summed up so much of what is good about it before as well with the the characters are so well acted and, and you really start feeling for them and developing that attachment to them quite quickly and easily, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Um, and 
the visuals are really good, except for that one door in Chapter 3. That one door? refuses to load. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... The- doesn't even load on the PS5. Nah. <laughs> People went back to that one door on PS5, and it still doesn't load. Nah, it's just shit. And it's, it sucks because it's the, the close-up of that one door. Yeah, it really It's the is. door you walk out of. It's not the door you I want to be a low-res texture. patched that yet? Nah. nah. <laughs> I don't actually think it's like a, a streaming issue. I think it's just meant to be low-res. It's, it's really, really weird. Odd. It's super weird. <laughs> anyway... Um, there's an article there somewhere. <laughs> but oh my god, there's this game is overflowing with outrageously gorgeous particle effects and lighting and scenes and cities and the soundtrack is for it's the best Final Fantasy soundtrack. And I don't think I knew that until I just said that just then because I've been listening to all of them this year while I've been doing work at home, including this one. And this one is, I think it's the best. And I had no affinity for the earlier game, for the for the older game before starting that. But they familiarize you with the soundtrack kind of throughout the game, and the 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 boss themes start riffing on what they've already given you, except they turn it around and they do something different with it to the point where you're already familiar with it and already almost nostalgic for that moment, and then vibing with how they've changed it up. It's so it's so interesting. Um, it's not perfect, and as we were talking about before, through the lens of cyberpunk and Poland and all that stuff, you know, I don't like the excuse of JRPGs are full of sexualized and infantilized women and, like, just incredibly kind of outdated character designs, um, especially Tifa and, well, any of the, any of the women in that game, like Scarlet, you know, for who's in the Shinra corporation (laughs) i see your eyes which means i'm right (laughs) (laughs) you see my eyebrows um erith is fine but she was always fine and then tifa's tifa's design it's like i said this in my review it's like if you know how tomb raider modernized itself 20 years later and like they they took her breasts from being the size of mountains to like the size of you know like human breasts instead. <laughs> it was like they didn't do that with Tifa. It was like they <laughs> they took the low poly so like like six poly triangles that were on the front of her character model and just hit the upres button. <laughs> it was like I don't want that in 2020. It's 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 too much and it's kind of gross. <laughs> like I, I think the thing that really gets me about Tifa's character design is that like she's got these suspenders. Yeah. And they like mold around her boobs in her design, yeah, in a way that just like accentuates just how big they really are. Yep, yep. It's those like, it's those so- suspenders are under strain. All of Tifa's clothing is under <laughs> serious strain. It's so, it's so legitimately distracting. Yes, <laughs> every time it is. And it's meant to be. It was designed to be. And that drives me mad because I, 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 I don't want that in my games. <laughs> but um, it doesn't keep Final Fantasy off the top of my list. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Final Fantasy at the best of times anyway. But uh, honestly, if you've got a PS4, a base PS4, that's what I played it on. It looks gorgeous. This isn't cyberpunk. Yeah. It runs great on base PS4. And if you've got a PS4 Pro or PS5, don't notice that much of a difference with PS5. I have tried it. Um, but if you've got anything that can run it, go buy it. If you're in Australia, there are a bunch of sales on for it right now that are actually really good, like less than 40 bucks for this fantastic video game. Go buy it, play it. 
it's great. And it's my game of the year. Our game of the years was Final Fantasy VII, Uncharted 4, and some indie game that no one played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I was too mainstream with Final Fantasy VII Remake, except no one really picked it in terms of people I've been watching. So, yeah. In terms of the, the, the critics that I watch. I think Heather Alexandria picked it. Okay. Yeah. I reckon it might be Imran's. Uh, yeah, that, that really, makes sense. He, he really vibed with that he game. He really but. connected with it. Well, that was, I think, maybe our longest podcast ever. Mm. Um, turns out we all maybe needed to get some stuff off our chest, <laughs> which I didn't realize when we started that cyberpunk topic and then also started that Last of Us topic. Um, but I've had a great time. Mm. I, hope, <laughs> I hope everyone at home is, has stuck with us and come back in different lengths. You know, there's no bombcast where we've got like a week's worth of Game of the Year discussion, but, you know guess our version i guess and uh i hope you two are okay with our longer session too yeah um any any final thoughts on the year before we close it out sucked man sucked but sucked but because it sucked it had good things that bloomed from the suckage i I, in a way that i don't think would have bloomed otherwise 100 percent i 100 percent agree to the point where it's kind of like i feel like says to some other people, but like, you know, I've had a couple of things go quite well for me this year and it's to the point where I like don't want to mention it <laughs> to, to people when I'm like, because I don't want because I know a lot of people have really struggled, you know, and mm. it seems like it's sensitive, but I think, no. I think you're right, June, there's, there's despite and sometimes even because of the struggles of this year, there's been a lot of good that's come from it. Yes. I miss conventions. I don't. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. I miss packs a lot. I, I liked, I liked last packs. I liked not liking Final Fantasy VII last year because <laughs> it led to this moment. I liked not liking Marvel's Avengers last year. <laughs> and this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That came out this year. Yeah, that came out three months ago. It was almost an honorable mention for me. Almost an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts, Jeremy? No. No. Go play with Morangi. No. Fair enough really good if there are any other thoughts you can probably find them in all of our other episodes that we released this year <laughs> which are actually kind of in the multiples of dozens so uh go check those out uh i can't think of a good one off the top of my head to just pick one from because they were you know like weekly episodes yeah uh a short hike for the game spoilers was good fun as well that was I, good. I was glad we mm. got to play that um yeah thank you everyone for listening to this long episode uh whether it was long or not whether you listen to it all in one sitting or 18 I understand uh, thank you and uh, if you had any thoughts about our thoughts you could always tweet at us no one ever does that a lot of you know us personally so you can just message us and we'll have a chat about it I look forward to Ollie talking about our game of the year decisions and conversations in three weeks without any context <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's gonna like He's going to at you, June, and he's going to say, Uncharted 4, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the Snapping Turtle Mountain. Like, what? <laughs> I love you, Ollie. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Whether it was just this episode or episodes throughout the year or all of them throughout the year, we really appreciate it. Uh, you can find everything we've done this year and in the years prior at minimap.com.au. Uh, you can find us on Patreon if you want to support us. That's patreon.com slash minimapau. Uh, look forward to our new episode of uh, Game Spoilers podcast coming in the next 
let's say, month or so uh, of Umarangi Generation, Jeremy's Game of the Year. And while you're waiting, you can listen to our Soma episode with special guest Sparky, which was just an absolute riot. We had a great time talking about really gross stuff. Um, <laughs> and also... If you just can't get enough of us, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, check out our third podcast, The Pecking Order, where we rank the kissability of characters in gaming and pop culture. Uh, it's June's baby, and it's very hilarious. Okay. We're about to record a third episode now, uh, which is... Have you ever thought, while playing Until Dawn, <laughs> wow, those Wendigos sure could get it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, this podcast isn't for you. <laughs> And if you're like me and you haven't played that game, look up some footage and then we'll have a, we'll have a chat about <laughs> it. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a good rest of your 2020. Have a good 2021. We'll see you there. Uh, thank you so much and goodbye. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>